On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. Leaving out the avocado in your salad to save money is not good for morale or your fiber intake. Luckily, State Farm knows the value of the little things. It's why they've got options, like insuring your home and ride with surprisingly great rates on both. Because you shouldn't have to give up what you love for great insurance. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. It's the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is the season uh, premiere, if you will, uh, of the Ice Guys. Season number six, if you could believe that. Uh, Absolutely amazing stuff. Uh, that we've been doing this now for five full years, and this is now going to be our sixth uh, full uh, season here uh, with the Ice Guys. Uh, Looking forward to it, as always. Joined once again by my two familiar colleagues. We'll have Jimmy Murphy along momentarily as well. But, of course, Alex B. Smith, you know him, you love him, uh, and uh, great to have him as always. Uh, This is now going to be, I think, out of those six years, I think we've been uh, on them for five of those six or four of those five, I should say, uh, previously. So uh, it has been absolutely outstanding uh, to be working with uh, these two gentlemen, and Jimmy's with us now uh, as well. And we're just excited and fired up for a brand-new NHL season. And what I'm more excited about than anything, guys, is it's a normal season, or at least close to a normal season again. 82-game regular season, that's something we can all look forward to. We can look forward to all teams playing every team this year. You're not playing the same team three games in a row. You're not doing any of that stuff that we saw uh, last year. It's going to feel like an actual, real, legit NHL season this year. And I think that's one of the things I'm most excited about. So, uh, Alex, let's bring you in. First thoughts for a brand-new season. Great to be starting a brand-new season of the Ice Guys right here in conjunction with THPN. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be back with you guys. Excited for, you know, be on with everybody watching. And it's just, you know, great to have hockey back. And it's close to normal schedule. Like I said, we've got a full 82 games. Of course, we will have a break uh, in between in February for the Olympics. But uh, we're going to have a, a long, long slate of hockey with, with that in mind. And, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we got a 32nd team now. We finally have the Seattle Kraken coming into the league. So everything's all balanced as far as that goes. We got our regular divisions. We're going to have our travel spots like we usually talk about and things of that nature. So I'm just, just excited for, for hockey to be back and, uh, you know, excited to be talking about it with you guys all season long. Yeah, absolutely. And we bring in uh, Jimmy Murphy as well. Jimmy, it's uh, now been a few years for you being part of the team as well. Uh, and looking forward to this uh, season and uh, lots to look forward to because, again, it feels like we're getting back to normalcy again. Yeah, for sure, guys. I mean, it's just uh, it's definitely had that feel, obviously, with having a preseason and uh, training a real training camp and uh, you've seen cuts made and all this. Uh, it's just it, it's been a whirlwind, guys. I mean, really, it's you know, it's been hard to kind of 
keep a grasp of where we are in terms of time frame of our lives too, because our lives revolve around the, the, the hockey season and you guys also cover other uh, sports as well. So, you know, to have that sort of start to slowly fall back into place, I think helps everybody, not just the players, but also us media or uh, handicappers that cover the game. So I'm pretty psyched. I, I think it's going to be a great season. They, you know, and, and we talked about this last year at the end of the season, and I, I'm sure we'll get into it now. I'm just interested to see what happens in the first few months here in terms of injuries and where players are at because these guys are human, and that's one thing we're going to have to remember here early on that they've played a lot of hockey in a short time, especially the teams that went deep into the playoffs. So that's something I'm going to really focus in on uh, off the get-go here. Exactly, and of course, we were already seeing in preseason as well the crackdown on cross-checking uh, happening across the board, and you're seeing a penalty parade here in these preseason games. That's the one thing I've definitely noticed, and it'll be interesting to see if that translates over to uh, the regular season. There's definitely going to be uh, an adjustment period because look, they, they've made, they've mandated it, they've said it that they're going to try to come down on every little hack and whack that's going on to someone's back right in front of the net. Those net front battles now all of a sudden are not going to be able to get away with just cross-checking a guy seven, eight times, which I've seen people do, by the way. It's just one cross-check after another. If they see the first one, they're calling you now. Two minutes for cross-checking. So that is definitely going to be uh, something where the players are going to have to make that adjustment and just you got to find other ways to clear out the front of the net. You know, if you're a defenseman, you're going to have to get body position. You're going to have to tie up the stick. You're going to have to do other things besides just cross-check a guy like three or four times in a row because you're going to be sitting in the sin bin if you do that uh, based on uh, the uh, rule changes that have been garnered here uh, this year. So uh, keep an eye on that too. We'll have to see. I'm going to definitely keep an eye on frequencies and penalties per game You know, is a stat that I'm really going to try to track early in the year. Uh, how many more penalties per game are we getting uh, because of this uh, uh, harsher enforcement, if you will, uh, on cross-checking? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what that's going to be like uh, going into the year. All right, so today, guys, this is the first of two conference preview shows. We're going to do the Eastern Conference today, and then we will do the Western Conference tomorrow. So we'll start with the uh, Eastern Conference, and we'll start first with uh, the Atlantic Division, and then we'll do the Metro after that. Uh, we're going to right now just uh, we're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to try to touch on something from every team. We've got 16 teams in the East, 16 in the West. Um, but what we're going to do is with the Atlantic vision, we're going to group the bottom feeders, you know, in the same kind of discussion here, Buffalo, uh, you know, Detroit, uh, and Ottawa, you know, those are the three teams that are most likely uh, to bring up the rear this year, uh, in the Atlantic division. For me, it's just which of these teams I'm going to talk about. Can you think, can you possibly make some money with and be that value team? And it's not a surprise because we kind of hinted that when we were on, t uh, over the summer, following uh, free agency uh, when that when we did that show uh, over the summer, that it's not going to be a surprise that my answer of those three teams, I think, is the Detroit Red Wings. You know, it's not going to be uh, – Ottawa last year was kind of that team that outperformed people's expectations with just the hard work ethic, you know, their ability to score goals, you know, uh, uh, which uh, overcame their defensive and goaltending issues, which sadly for Ottawa – is probably something they're going to have to overcome again this year, <laughs> the defensive and goaltending issues uh, that they have. Uh, because certainly when you look at their goaltending, I'm not at all sold still yet on uh, Matt Murray. In fact, some of the best goaltending last year was from guys other than Matt Murray for that Ottawa team. But getting back to Detroit, the reason why I think this team's got the potential to be that, you know, that lower tier team in this Atlantic division 
to be that team you can make some money with is because of the upgrade they've made, obviously, in goal. Uh, Alex Nadelkovich, I couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe it. We are basically flabbergasted on this very uh, show uh, over the summer talking about how stunned we were that Stevie Eiserman was able to get him uh, from the Carolina Hurricanes. But he is an instant upgrade uh, from anything they've had in gold recently. Uh, you look at up front, uh, Philip Zadina really showed you a lot late down the stretch last year, which was good to see. Uh, Dylan Larkin, you know, had, has had some injury issues, but we know he's a very good number one center. Robbie Fabry seemed to get a little bit of new life with the Red Wings. Nemesnikov ended up being a nice uh, addition. Adam Ernie gave you some offensive punch. Uh, of course, now they have Pew Suter, uh, formerly of the Chicago Blackhawks as well, I think is a de- developing young player that can get better. I like some of the moves they made on D as well. You know, they've got Ronick, they've got DeKaiser, Nick Letty, great veteran addition on that blue liner. On that blue line for Detroit, Mark Stahl, uh, they bring him in as well in the offseason. Uh, a good veteran presence for a younger team. And, you know, Troy Stetcher, the guy you don't think of as someone that moves the needle, I actually like the way he played uh, for a big part of last year uh, as well for this uh, Detroit team. So, And you look at them, they've got that ability to just compete in games, be able to score enough. Their blue line, I think, is capable enough, especially with the veteran additions. And then you bring in Nadelkovich, and to me, they're going to be that team kind of like Ottawa was last year, guys, in this division that takes teams by surprise, especially if those teams maybe take Detroit for granted. Uh, I think the Red Wings are probably going to be that team that's going to be that profitable group. Buffalo, forget it. It's one of the worst rosters you'll ever see. In fact, we'll get to Arizona tomorrow. They're in competition, actually, with Buffalo in that category. In terms of one of the worst rosters you'll ever see for an NHL team going into a season. But Buffalo certainly is. Now, they're apparently closing in on some kind of conclusion or finality this whole jack eichel saga uh closer to getting him moved but uh still it's just been without him now where are you going to go offensively that's a question mark i mean that they're asking a lot of uh jeff skinner to bounce back after a terrible year victor olofsson to score at five on five we know he can score on the power play scoring at five on five would be nice though and he hasn't done that enough casey middlestat i thought he played good down the stretch but 82 games you need consistency uh, Anders Bjork, formerly of the Bruins. Jimmy knows him well. Uh, definitely we'll see if he can adapt to a top six forward role. Uh, Rasmus Asplund has shown you a couple little glimpses here, but the blue line, Darlene has not progressed. Yoka Haru is, is average. Hag, they get him from the Flyers. Uh, nothing to write home about. Colin Miller, uh, solid. But then you get uh, Pissick, Butcher. Uh, just not a depth-laden a blue line by any stretch. And goaltending, it's, you know, it's Dustin Koharski. Uh, Tokarski, I should say, and Craig Anders. I'm saying it in the Don Cherry uh, vein. uh, Dustin Koharski, Dustin Tokarski, and Craig Anderson. And it's not a great goaltending tandem by any stretch. Uh, And then you look at Ottawa. I like the team up front, but they're still very suspect defensively. And they're also got a couple of key injuries early in the year. Brady Kachuk, you know, uh, Colin White. So uh, keep an eye on that. He won't be ready for the start of the season, Kachuk. And now Colin White's out for four to six weeks for the Sens. The, the blue line, once you get beyond Shabbat and Zaitsev, uh, really a drop-off there. And then, of course, you got Matt Murray in goal. You don't know what you're going to get one night to the next, and Gustafson and Forsberg behind him. So when you look at these bottom feeders in the Atlantic, guys, the only one I'm really interested to back on a semi-regular basis is the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Alex, what's your thoughts on the uh, basement dwellers in the Atlantic? Yeah, like you said, the only team that would be worth uh, you know taking some shots with as a, as a dog the only given night would be the Detroit Red Wings. Like I said, Nadelkovic being in net, 
that is huge for them. This is a team that's needed goaltending for quite some time now. They're finally able to get that, along with, like I said, the young top six uh, forwards they have. They're definitely going to disrupt some things. They'll probably you know, be a, a team to look at early, and they'll start fading down the middle of the stretch. Uh, like I said, they won't be anywhere near playoff contention in my book, at least not this year, but they're doing things the right way as far as from an organizational standpoint. Ottawa, probably the same thing. There'll be some spots here or there to grab, but um, I would more than likely be looking at totals uh, with Ottawa as opposed to looking at sides. Plus, if they can't get things rolling with their goaltending, like I said, uh, that was a complete mess uh, last year. Philip Gustafson is your number one, uh, and then you've got some issues uh, in net. And then, of course, like you said, Buffalo just historically bad it's going to be and, and you think about all the bad seasons we've seen from buffalo over the years where they were tanking and trying to rebuild and now they're you know back in tank mode this one's going to be pretty bad like you said you got uh tokarski and, and craig anderson at 40 years old as, as your two goaltenders uh aaron dell is your third he ended up getting uh put on waivers and now he's cleared he's gonna be in, in rochester this is the team that's going to be giving up a lot of goals. The only way you'll even be able to attack them, and we'll talk about Arizona tomorrow, you can't even look at a side. You'd have to be playing the team total over against them uh, or playing, you know, full game first period totals with them. So uh, those, those are the, the, the ways I have those three teams circled. But like I said, they won't be making any noise uh, at all within the division or the conference. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, we, we didn't want to – when you're bad, you don't deserve your own, like, a segment of this preview show to talk about you. That's why I'm doing Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit all in once here. Uh, we'll do that in the Metro too with the bottom feeders there when we talk about them. But Jimmy, we kind of in the same direction here. If there's one team that might surprise and step up and outperform people's expectations of this group of three, it's Detroit. Are you in the uh, same boat as us thinking that way? Up, oh, Jimmy, what a way to start. You're muted. <laughs> hey, it's the preseason still. Yes, correct. Uh, no, I'm in, I'm in complete disagreement, actually, guys. I, I, I don't know if you guys recall that, that you know, if there may have been two more games in the regular season last year, the Ottawa Senators make the playoffs. Uh, they were the hottest team in the last 25 games of the season last year. And that, that's not for no reason. That's because they are a team on the rise. I think they're leagues ahead of the Buffalo Sabres. I think the Red Wings made some progress. I like some of the moves they brought, some of the veterans they brought in. I think they'll help the guys. I think they improve. But I, I think, I'm telling you right now, I don't consider the Ottawa Senators a bottom feeder at all. I'm telling you right now, I'm going on record saying the Ottawa Senators will make the playoffs this year. Oh. There you go. Liking uh, Ottawa to make that play. Now, the if they don't sign Brady Kachuk, then maybe you yeah. come back to me there. But, uh, it, you know, as long as that gets done, I'm saying the Ottawa Senators are going to the playoffs. All right. Uh, and you can get some good money on that. Uh, interesting. I, I like the boldness of that. Uh, fascinating. Um, no, uh, they definitely worked hard. They they, they, they maximized everything uh, they got from their talent last year, uh, the Ottawa Senators. There's no question. The one concern is that now they're back in the, a regular Atlantic division, and you've got still Tampa Bay, you've got Boston, you've got Florida. You've got Toronto. You've got Mon Montreal. I think could fall back a little, but they're still, you know, going to be. They own Montreal. Remember that yeah. too, guys. They only lost they to Montreal did. one time. They've already kicked their ass once in the preseason this year. So I, I, I count Montreal as, a, as an easy three wins, at least, for the Ottawa Senators with the way things have gone between those two clubs. They did. They always played Montreal really, really difficult uh, this past season. There's no question uh, about that. All right, we continue on now for the rest of the Atlantic Division, and we'll try to go uh, team by team through each one. We'll go to Montreal right now. Uh, and uh, for them this year, obviously we know last year was the incredible run to the uh, Stanley Cup final, but usually when a team you know surprises, gets to the Stanley Cup final, 
uh, the way they did. Uh, a lot of times there's regression the very next year. It wouldn't surprise me to see that. And let's not forget uh, what Montreal uh, ended up losing uh, from last year. I mean, Philip Deneau, say what you want about how he was not much of an offensive force for them, but he was absolutely outstanding in terms of his defensive play. I mean, it was not hyperbole saying his shutdown abilities were some of the best we've seen in a very long time. You think of some of the guys he went up against in the playoffs and shut down, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner for Toronto, some of those Winnipeg snipers like Shifley and Wheeler and company uh, there with the Kyle Connor with the Jets uh, in the second round. Uh, the Vegas top players didn't do a whole lot against uh, Montreal, and Dano was a big reason for that. Uh, and they finally went up against Tampa Bay, and that's probably when the defense struggled a bit, but because Tampa Bay's just got such great four-line depth, you know, it's difficult. You can't have Philip Deneau out there against every line for the entire game. It's impossible. But just having that strong face-off defensive presence, or not having that anymore uh, for Montreal, it's going to hurt a little bit. There's no question about that. And I talked last year about Montreal with the four defensemen, Sherratt uh, and uh, Petrie and Weber and Edmondson, how big those four were and how much they were better than everybody else on that blue line. Well, Weber now is out for good and may not play another game to be honest in the NHL they just announced that Joel Edmondson's going to miss some time at the beginning of the year as well so all of a sudden two of those big four they're not going to be around you know you're just down to Petrie, Sherratt, Savard and Romanov who's very capable he could be very good in time but you know they're now going to ask him to be in a top four defensive role and this is a guy that for some reason it took him forever, took Ducharme forever in the playoffs last year to finally give that guy a role uh, and some time on the ice and playing a game. And now he's going to be a top four defenseman, but likely for this team. And then you've got a weak third pair with Kulak and Weidman. And Weidman, by the way, hasn't had a good preseason for Montreal. He's made some blunders defensively. So that blue line looks a little weaker. Now, Carey Price, we hear today you know, is going to be gone for at least a month. And we certainly wish him and his family all the best. You know, mental health is a serious thing. And if you got to tend to that and deal with it, you, you should. Uh, they're making the right decision there. They're going to give him all the time he needs. But from a hockey standpoint, that means a lot of Jake Allen uh, in net for the Canadians, who's very capable, um, but he's obviously going to play a lot more games. And then you're going to have to rely on either Caden Primo or Samuel Montembeau picked up from the Panthers in the offseason, you know, to be your backup. And they're going to have to start games for you. You know, this is now an NHL where you need your backup to go start games for you and also play well. And, and it's not always the case. You can get, I don't think you can guarantee that with Primo and Montembeau right now for Montreal. I see this as a sneaky over the total team with their game totals, believe it or not, Montreal, because I think their offense, they're going to be able to score to Foley, Suzuki, Caulfield. I think Caulfield is going to have a big year this year. You already have a, a Zegras on Twitter pre predicting 40 goals this year. <laughs> Uh, for Cole Caulfield. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I think it can be done, especially because it looks like he's going to play on a top line with Suzuki and Toffoli, potentially. Uh, Jonathan Drouin, look, nobody's ripped on this guy more than I have the last couple of years, but he did have some mental health struggles. He says he's clear of that. And I'm willing to say, you know what? Maybe that played a part in why you were so bad last year and why you have struggled the last two years. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, if he has a bad year this year, you know, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear anything about mental health struggles and I'm feeling tough and I'm feeling bad. And it's, I'm going through things. I don't want to hear it this year. If he sucks this year, it's just, he's just not playing well and he's not living up to his expectations. But if he does turn it around following, putting that behind him and look, he's had a nice preseason so far, Drew, and I'll give him that, you know, he's making plays. He's a lot more, uh, emphatic. You, you see him making plays on the ice now. He's going to the front of the net. 
passing has been good. Uh, he has definitely been good in preseason. So that is a good bit of news for the Montreal Canadiens because they need Drouin to bounce back for them. They bring in Dvorak after losing Jesperi Kotkaniemi to Carolina to play, and he'll probably play with Josh Anderson. Armia, Evans, and Gallagher is a good third line. Lekkanen, Perot, uh, the veteran Matthew Perot, solid you know, depth fourth-line center type of signing, and Alex Belzeal, who's had a nice preseason. So I think Montreal can will score. But I think their defense is going to be worse, potentially a lot worse. And, you know, their goaltending is up in the air a little bit. So I think they'll be involved in some higher scoring games. Uh, Alex, what's your outlook here? Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, you know, they're probably one of the teams that obviously, you know, they got to – obviously they had a, a magnificent run in the postseason. And you look at that Canadian division and how things were as far as travel goes. They were the only teams that had cross-country travel essentially uh, throughout the shortened year. So they probably feasted on that a little bit. And, there's, you know, some teams that we'll talk about in uh, Canada that, you know, may have a, a drop-off or, or, or a bounce-back related to having the regular travel once again. Uh, and so with that being said, Montreal, this is a tough division, a tough conference. I don't see where exactly they're going to be able to make the postseason again, but they are going to make some noise as far as the team to back game to game. They're going to uh, win some games because they're definitely going to score some goals. And if, like I said, without having Carey Price for at least uh, the first month, if not longer, uh, they definitely are probably going to be susceptible to giving up some goals as well. Remember, last year we liked this team to make some noise in the East because of that one-two punch of Carey Price and Jake Allen. Now having Jake Allen as your number one, and like I said, Caden Primo or Sam Montembeau is the number two. That may only hold up for a little bit, but things could get out of hand if, if price isn't ready uh, by American Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jimmy, uh, Montreal, you went from swearing against betting on them to riding them throughout the playoffs. You changed your uh, tune pretty quickly once we saw Montreal starting to get red hot in the playoffs and knocking off the Leafs. Uh, now, how do you feel about them? You've had times you've said, ah, I'm not betting on them, and then times you've been riding them. How do you feel about them now? Well, I just quickly before I get into the halves there, guys, I want to go back just to my Ottawa pick there, too. You mentioned the goaltending there, Alex. One thing to keep an eye on, and, and you know I know somebody in that Ottawa Senators organization uh, that has a say in things. I've been told to keep an eye on Mad Sogard early on in the season. So if, if there's any struggling going on between the pipes there, they're not going to be afraid to call this hot prospect up. I mean, this kid is 6'7", 220. Uh, he ripped it up in his seven games in the AHL last year, went 7-0. and uh, They're very high on him, so that could change that dynamic as well. So that's something to keep on. And by the way, for a goalie. they are plus 1,200 to make the playoffs. So throw five bucks. Who cares? What do you have to lose? But as for the Habs, guys, I'm with you. I, I think one of the biggest things that surprised me was I, I always felt that they were pretty strong in the wing, and yet they went out and got Mike Hoffman. Now, I, I think that's a lot because, you know, Bergevin wanted him the, the previous free agent season. Before that, he tried to trade for him. So he's had his heart set on Hoffman. So that didn't surprise me he did that. But I think he's going to regret not upgrading at the center position. I know they went out and they, they got Dvorak there. But, guys, I watched a lot of those Coyotes games last year. And I know he's, he's been clicking. He looks good in the preseason. But I watched a lot of those Coyotes games, and he disappears for a while. He's not a consistent – he's a consistent player in that he goes 15 games being good. 15 games really sucking. Uh, and they can't afford that for all the reasons you just said. They need their second-line center to be consistent, especially if anything ever happens to Suzuki there. I just think they they really need another center, and I wouldn't be surprised if Bergeron tries to do that. But right now, obviously, all eyes are on the goaltending, the carry price news. And look, uh, you know, I send my best to him. And again, you mentioned Drew in as well. I really respect and admire these players. 
uh, for coming out publicly and speaking about mental health and doing what they have to do to get themselves better. I think we should all follow that lead. Um, but yeah, the defense is an interesting one there, right? I think if Edmondson is healthy, I, I feel a lot better about this Montreal team right now, even with the goalies being Allen and Montebu, uh, I still would feel a little better. He, he was that much a great part of that defense last year. And of course they're missing Weber already. So they, they, they could be in for a rough first quarter of the season. And, you know, we always look at the American Thanksgiving to, to see where a team's at and if they have a legit shot at the playoffs. Uh, they're going to have to really fight hard and claw hard to survive this first quarter and, and be in position there to have a shot at the playoffs uh, come Thanksgiving. I, I just don't see it right now unless they make a move. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I think that first month, you're right, bet against team. I could see it with Montreal. Uh, not saying they can't turn it around and make the playoffs, yeah, but you're right, that first that, month right? could be a struggle. Yep, yeah. exactly. And they've done that last year. It's not like they lit the uh, NHL world on right. fire the first few months of the year. In fact, that was the worst part of the year for them was uh, early in the season. So you might see a slow start here for Montreal uh, coming into this year. All right, let's get to the Boston Bruins. Jimmy <laughs> uh, covers them on a daily uh, basis. Lots of things to consider here with the uh, Bruins. Uh, it's a team that's kind of in transition a little bit, uh, if you will. Did bring back, of course, Taylor Hall. Uh, in the offseason uh, after he played largely well uh, for the Bruins after they acquired him. And, of course, you've still got to you know, deal with Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak, you know, still going to be one of the best top lines in the NHL. But now it's always a question of the center spot after Bergeron. You know, you've got Charlie Coyle, Eric Howla, and Tomasz Nosek uh, and Studnika. Uh, boy, I mean, you're, that's, that's pretty thin uh, down the middle there all of a sudden for this uh, Boston Bruins team. Nick Foligno. Nice veteran addition, marred by injuries and a stint with the Leafs late last year. Never really got on track with Toronto. Just wasn't on the ice enough to really make much of an impact for them uh, last year. Jake DeBrusque, the enigma that he is, we know he's capable of lighting it up, and we know he's capable of being in these awful droughts and slumps. So what are you going to get from Jake DeBrusque this year is a big question mark. When you look at this blue line, uh, look, the Jets weren't enamored in Derek Forbort, and now he's on Boston's blue line. So, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how that goes with McAvoy, with Mike Riley and Carlo and Grizzly and Clifton. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but all of a sudden, you know, you, the blue line's got some question marks a little bit. I like Carlo, I like McAvoy, uh, Grizzly. But after that, there's some question marks with this uh, Bruins team on the back end. And, of course, this year in terms of the goaltending, you know, Tuka Rask's MIA right now, uh, and for at least in, indefinitely. So you're going to start the year with Jeremy Swayman. Uh, and, of course, Linus Allmark, uh, who came over, of course, from the Buffalo Sabres. And Allmark's been capable. Uh, but again, and, and keep in mind, he's been on a bad, bad hockey team, you know, for the last several years with that Sabres group. At least Boston's going to – you're not going to be facing quite as many, you know, difficult, high-quality shots on a nightly basis uh, with uh, Boston compared to Buffalo. Even though that Bruins D might step back a little, it's still better than whatever Buffalo's putting out there. So – uh, that should benefit all, Mark. I've seen enough of Swayman, Jimmy, to think he can be pretty good in time. But, you know, we're talking about more responsibility and duty for him now uh, moving forward uh, because I think it's going to be split down the middle. I would think Swayman and uh, Allmark, they're both probably going to get a lot of the net uh, this season for uh, Bruce Cassidy. So it's an interesting team. It's one of those teams I don't want to say bet on them at the beginning of the season. It's not a team I want to say for sure bet against them. More than anything, it is a wait-and-see approach that I'm going to take with the uh, Bruins because I think it could go either way with them. They could surprise and be pretty good, 
it would surprise me too if they're not very good to the point where they're struggling just to make the playoffs this year. I, I, I'm serious. I mean, I think the I think the floor is that low for Boston that they could just be in a fight of their lives to make the playoffs if things don't go well this year for them. Alex, uh, your thoughts on Boston? Yeah, I, like I said, I think you know I, I thought this was going to happen at some point in time. Obviously, this core is aging a bit. They have some young pieces that they can plug in and, and play, but. You know, you just kind of wonder with how tough uh, of a stretch they've played. We talk about how teams have, you know, played prolonged preseason, uh, postseasons over the years. Well, Boston's one of those teams. They're a perennial contender every year. So they've played a lot of extended hockey. You wonder when will it catch up to them, and this could possibly be uh, that year, especially, like I said, without having Tuka Rask in that. We'll see how old Mark does. Like I said, he's been on a bad team for years, so maybe he is a capable number one goalie that can – you know, bring you some wins for with a good, uh, at least a better team, if not a good team. And like I said, I, do, I really like Jeremy Swayman. I think the drop off between them, I have them in my goalie rankings, pretty much just a, a five cent drop off. So as of right now, I would be fine if, if the Bruins said Swayman was the number one guy. Uh, I would be just as comfortable betting on them as I would with Allmark in that. Uh, and, and like I said, that could change at, at any point. But like I said, the, the the talent that they have to face right away, the physicality and, and nature in which they play. Can they hold that up for another full season? That, that's a question that I've asked for a lot of teams. You know, it was 70 games and then 56 games uh, all within the last but just 18, 19 months. We're going to see teams wear down at some point. Some teams might start off rusty out of the gate. Some teams might fade late. I think Boston might be a little bit rustier starting uh, than they will be finishing. Yeah, definitely a valid points there with what we could expect from the Bruins. The biggest question, too, and Jimmy obviously have some good opinions on this point, too. Is Charlie Coyle ready to be a number two center? Is he really ready? Like he had his lowest uh, output in terms of goals last year, six, 16 in terms of points last year of his career, you know, since way back when. And this is a guy, like if you're going to be a second line center, you got to produce, you got to give you some offense a little bit. Is he going to be able to do that? And of course, now he's thrust into the second line center role. David Krejci decided to go back home uh, to the Czech Republic. And that's put Charlie Coyle in this number two center spot. And, there's going to have to be some production. There's going to have to be some pr- results from him at that spot offensively and playing alongside. It looks like Taylor Hall and Craig Smith. You know, you're going to have to find he's going to have to find a way to elevate offensively in a big way because you can't have six goals and 16 points if you're going to be a number two center in the National Hockey League. That just can't happen. So there's going to be a, I think Charlie Coyle's play is going to have a big, big part in determining the success or failure of the Boston Bruins season. Uh, this year. Uh, Jimmy, uh, you know this team obviously very well. What do you think going into the year, Boston Bruins? Well, I'll start right there. Um, I, you know, look, I, I've been saying it for years now. I mean, because people just don't like to address that elephant in the room, right? But I mean, it's no secret for the last couple of years that Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci are getting older here. And, you know, there was a lot of talk with over the last year and a half to two years that Krejci would bolt for the Czech Republic and finish his hockey career there. This is, it's, I, I don't understand why the Bruins seem the most surprised out of anyone about this. And that to me shows a lack of preparation, a lack of just addressing uh, not only the present, but the future. They have failed to go out and get a bona fide number one or number two center. They've had their chances. I know they've been in and on, on Eichel and stuff, but I mean, that should have been their priority in the off season, not going out and giving five years or four years, excuse me, and 20 million to Linus Allmark, who, I'm sorry, has been hurt more than he's played in his NHL career so far. Yes, he's been in, he's been behind a crummy team like the 
Buffalo Sabres. And I do think his stats increase and get better here, but I don't think he's a number one goalie. I, I, I just don't. He has to prove that. You don't go out and dedicate that type of money to a guy that has never proven that he can handle being on a legit contender as a number one guy. Furthermore, why would you do it when you claim that your hot shot future generation goalie is here now and he's the man going forward, Jeremy Swayman, who I agree with you, he's been great. He like name me this kid's maybe had one bad period since he's come up. He's been unreal. And of course he's not going to stay in that stretch, but he's been by far the dominant goalie between the two in the preseason. Uh, and sadly, I, I still don't think he'll get the starting nod in the season opener because as we know, things tend to go based on salary. And that's why looping it back to the center position there. I think it's a great point you bring up there. Charlie Coyle prospered when he came to Boston because he was slotted in where he should be. In Minnesota, they were trying to make him a number one. They were trying to make him a number two center. In Boston, he could come in, fall behind Bergeron and Krejci, and be that number three guy. And if I'm Don Sweeney, to allow that, I would have made sure that I went out and got a bona fide center to slide into where Krejci was. You keep Coyle at the third center there. And I don't know how, you know, this is a shame that we're not going to see Jack Stonika in the lineup starting on opening night because – Besides Swayman, he's been their other best player out there. And you guys brought up now switch to the defense here. I'm with you. I'm a little. It was a little weird. Like I hear a lot of scouts rave about the Forbit signing, but then I'm, you know, I'm kind of like I don't know if it was you, Alex or Ian, who said, "Well, if he was so great, why did a team in such dire need of defense get rid of him?" The Jets. Now, exactly. Know, yep, that's exactly you know, what I said. So yep. that, that raises a red flag. But then I kind of look at their cap situation. I look at some of the guys they were trying to move in from below, move some young guys up. And I kind of get it. So he he's a wait and see there. But I do think if, if he's everything the scouts are telling me, I think he's a perfect compliment to Charlie McAvoy there. Because Charlie McAvoy, when he was paired with Mark Grizzlick, it was just too much Paul Coffey type defense going straight ahead. You know what I mean? I mean, there was no defense involved, really. And they were getting caught going back the other way, red-handed. And then a lot of times there were odd man rushes going the other way. So I think that they definitely want, whether it's Forbert or somebody else, they want a stay-at-home guy there that's going to be able to make that outlet pass and then let McAvoy do the rest, who, you know, let's face it, I think McAvoy's a North Trophy candidate going into this year. As far as the team as a whole, guys, I'm with you. Completely agree. I think they're one of the biggest question marks in the NHL as we enter this season. You're, you said it perfectly, and they could be really good or they could be really bad. I can't tell you which one right now, so I would advise to wait and see, maybe see if they start Elmock. You might want to take the over. Uh, he's, I'm telling you guys, he's been a nightmare in the preseason. I know it's a preseason, but I'm, I'm not confident about this guy. His five hole is atrocious. So that's something to watch there uh, with the overs and the Boston Bruins there, especially for a team welcoming new players and trying to mesh together. Uh, they could be a little lax defensively by accident. So that's my take on them. I, w I wouldn't go near him yet. Just really see where they go. I wouldn't take him in any futures either. Yeah, I, I think unders with Swayman, overs with Allmark, potentially. Uh, that makes sense because you're right. I've, I've not seen anything in Swayman that tells me he's not very good. Uh, yeah, right and now. one thing I think you brought up to Brusque, he's been on a mission. You can see it when he's talking. You can see it on the ice. He's got that snarl back that really helped him a lot in his first two years. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind looking at some over-unders on his goal totals and, and going over. You're probably going to get great odds considering how he was last year. So, I wouldn't, I'd say dab a little in that because he could be one of those really big bounce back players, which in turn might help the Bruins eventually get that center they need because they might move him if he has some trade value because he's got none right now.
No, uh, that that's a good point. So something to keep an eye on definitely throughout the uh, course of the year. Florida Panthers. Uh, this is of all the teams that I think that I'm highest on in the Atlantic Division. It's this team. I think this is a team that's ready to be very good this year. I already like the steps last year that they took. I know they lost to Tampa in the first round. It very it was a disappointing end for them, but I thought they competed well, and they're going to be probably as good, if not better, uh, this year. When I look at this Florida team, uh, bringing in Sam Ryan, Sam Reinhart was good for the Buffalo Sabres, but nobody yeah. pays attention because Buffalo sucks, you know, <laughs> but he's been very good for them the last <laughs> few years. And getting him on this Florida team, he'll play with Barkov and Carter Verhage. That's going to be a great top line. Huberto, Sam Bennett was, again, a guy that basically gets a, a new life going from Calgary where it didn't go well for him uh, to Florida, and he thrived. Owen Tippett really showed me a lot last year. Uh, you've got obviously uh, Frank Vetrano, Anthony Duclair, a good on uh, the third line. Anthony Duclair is a guy that's capable of giving you some offensive punch. You know, Joe Thornton, you know, he's at the tail end of his career, but you need one big, you know, older veteran presence. And I don't mind it. You know, I don't think Joe's going to give you a ton anymore at this stage of his career, but I don't mind that uh, deal for a team that's pretty young uh, for the most part uh, coming into the uh, year. Uh, on the blue line, Ekblad, having him back from injury is massive, obviously. You know, they missed him like uh, incredibly when he got injured. Great at both ends of the ice and a terrific offensive defenseman, but also sturdy in his own end. And he plays a his that pairing with him and Weegar, Mackenzie Weegar for Florida. That's a great pairing because Weegar, as we go along, he's becoming more and more of a very good, sturdy, shutdown, stay at home defenseman. He's getting much better in that regard. That's a nice top pair if they stay healthy. Ekblad and Weegar. The rest of the defense, Brandon Montour, Forsling, Nudavara, getting him from Columbus was good. You know, I criticized Gudis for the lack of foot speed at times. And yes, sometimes that's an issue for him. But, you know, oftentimes he's also in very good body position, uses that length, uses the stick, and, and knows the right position to be so he doesn't get beaten from a speed perspective. So that's good. They're fine in goal, you know, with uh, Spencer Knight and uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean, Bobrovsky's not going to play as much this year, which is good. I think for the Florida Panthers, because that's how much they like Spencer Knight. Nothing that I have seen from Spencer Knight indicates to me that he isn't ready to be a bona fide elite NHL goaltender. I think that ceiling is very real for him. A uh, lot to like, you know, and now they should be even more comfortable now in Quenville uh, with Quenville, even more going into this year. Uh, very, very high on Florida. I'm, I didn't bet a ton of point totals this year, but I did bet Florida's point total uh, over the number. And I also have them to win the Atlantic Division, a little bit of a under the radar. You know, I know Tampa's could win it, Toronto could win it, and definitely you've got to factor in those two teams. But I think Florida's got that chance maybe to surprise and win this division. So definitely bet on Florida for, for me, for me with Florida uh, all the way coming into this season. Uh, Alex, your thoughts on the Panthers? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to say that, you know, someone had a great 2020. But uh, if there was a group, it would definitely be the Florida Panthers. You look at, like you said, you know, having the benefit of being in that redesigned central division really helped them. They were able to feast on a bad Chicago team. They were able to, you know, beat up on Columbus, beat up on Detroit, and build some confidence moving now where they have a winning culture there. Uh, for the first and probably only time ever in history, they led the NHL in attendance. Uh, so that's something that, that's big. But now fans might actually start showing up because this is a team worth watching uh, for all 82 games or at least the 40 one at home and like i said with the how things are going with tampa bay we'll talk about them in a minute and, and toronto as well you know everything if you look at the, how the, everything's lined and out you have four teams that have point totals of 100 or higher in this land division so the books are telling you they believe that, that they're going to beat each other up and it's going to be a four-way race to the top 
I mean, yeah, why not take a shot with the the over and the the division odds with Florida? I think they have the best chance of those four teams that are you know within that uh, you know six to one range or under. So I like where everything's headed. Uh, if we can see Bobrovsky bounce back and have a, a good season along with Spencer Knight, who looks fantastic uh, in the four games he played. This is a team that's in good shape to, they said, not only win this division, but they'll make some noise and possibly make a deep run in the postseason. Yeah, and keep in mind, they've got some serious prospects in the pipeline that probably won't even crack the opening night roster. I'm thinking of Anton Lindell as well, 20-year-old center uh, who's already impressed in training camp, but because this is a roster that's pretty much set in stone for the most part, he might have to start the year in the minors, but they got a guy like that waiting in the wings with this Florida team as well. Uh, Jimmy, uh, your thoughts on the Panthers? Yeah, guys, I'm with you. I, I love the Panthers, and how can you not? I mean, this is a team that, look, uh, did they lose to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round? Yeah, but they that was a hell of a series. I thought that was one of the best series we saw throughout the playoffs. It was really fun, and it's great to see that seemingly become the rivalry the NHL's always wanted there in Florida. It looks like they're finally going to have a good rivalry there and build some hate, and those will be fun games to watch this year. They, we already saw a real crazy one in the preseason. So uh, I like them a lot. I, I think that Florida actually – you guys nailed it. I mean, is that those four teams there? It's tough. Any of them could get first place. I really think, you know, people are going to go around and, and I don't know why not the Atlantic division, but I think this is the best division in hockey guys. I really do. I mean, look how hard it is to break this down and really pick a legit, a legit winner. Uh, but I think Florida could rise from the top there. It depends on the goaltending they get. Um, I hope that it becomes Spencer Knight's net there. I really do think, not think, we know he's the future, and I really love watching him out there. Um, but it's tough, like we said, with the salary of Bob there, similar to what the Bruins are dealing with. Are they going to let him start over that? So maybe we see a 50-50 split. We'll see. Uh, I like their defense. If Ekblad can stay healthy, uh, their, their defense is promising too. And look, this is going to be a team that can score. So, yeah, look at the overs there. Uh, look for quick strikes. And you brought up Reinhardt there. I mean, that could go down as one of the biggest steals in recent memory, I think, uh, in terms of NHL trade. So I like, I'm high in the Florida Panthers for sure. All right. Good stuff there. All right. We're down now to, I believe, the last uh, two remaining uh, teams now uh, in the Atlantic Division. Uh, we'll do them both at the same time because Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Toronto, uh, Maple Leafs. Uh, there's definitely uh, these are two teams that uh, have high uh, expectations to say the least uh, coming into this uh, season. It shouldn't be uh, that surprising. Uh, Tampa Bay, you know, obviously <laughs> winning two cups in a row is very difficult. They were able to do that. Now they got to try to win a third and now they don't have the old let's skirt the salary cap rules going in their favor uh, this year. Uh, unlike last year. And now they've actually had to lose some pretty key pieces uh, to this team uh, going into this year when you look at it, you know, with what the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning lost uh, from last year. Blake Coleman, Barkley Goudreau. I talked about how good that third line was for them. There were times that third line was as good, if not better, than any other line for Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Now, because they had those nights where the top line you know, it was the starring role, played the starring role where the best line, they had nights where the second line was the best line, but there were nights too in the playoffs guys where the Blake Coleman, Barkley, Goudreau third line with Yanni Gord was their best line. And now two thirds of that line have departed from this group team uh, and have gone elsewhere. So you worry about that just a little bit, losing uh, Coleman, using that, losing that whole line, you know, Coleman, uh, Gord uh, and Goudreau uh, from uh, last year's team. You know, that's significant. Is that depth, you know, going to be there? 
uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Lightning coming into this year? That's the big question mark. All of a sudden, you know, you look at their forward group, guys. Palat, Point, Kucherov, love it. How can you not? That's an amazing top line, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Second line, Kalorn, Stamkos, uh, and it looks like they're going to have the uh, uh, the guy that they have signed, uh, the youngster there, the Quebec native, uh, Bar Boulet, uh, potentially uh, on that second line. That's still a pretty good line there. But then you get to the third and the fourth line, there's more questions. Anthony Sorelli didn't have a great year last year. You know, he, he declined a little bit. Matthew Joseph, you know, he's going to have to give you something. Ross Colton is still you know, development stage. And then in the fourth line, you've got, hey, hardworking guys, Corey Perry, of course, they bring him in from Montreal, kind of a slap in the face to Montreal. Of all teams you're going to go with in the offseason, sign with, you're going to go to the team that beat your beat you in the uh, Stanley Cup final last year. A uh, little bit interesting that that's where he ended up, Corey Perry, but he's going to play with Belmar and Patrick Maroon on the fourth line. I mean, to me, there is not that same depth in the, along the bottom six forwards for Tampa Bay. Uh, that there was last year uh, on the blue line, you know, obviously Victor Hedman. Uh, it's a, still a very good blue line. Chernak, McDonough, Hedman, Ruda, Sergachev. Like they didn't really f- suffer any sort of uh, losses on the blue line. And Zach Bogosian, a guy that fit in very nicely with John Cooper's Tampa Bay team two years ago uh, when they won the Stanley Cup the first time. He's back with the uh, Lightning uh, this year and already causing some havoc. He got into a uh, fight the other night with Marchman. By the way, how good is Tampa Bay, Florida going to be this year? I mean, these two teams, you know, it was a very rough series last year in the playoffs. It's already they're, you know, going at it in the preseason, multiple scrums, multiple fights during the game. I mean, that rivalry is going to be off the chart this year, uh, Lightning and Panthers. But to me, with this Tampa Bay team winning the two cups, I don't think there's a great, great rush to, we're going to, pedal to the metal in the regular season, win the division. So be careful with Tampa Bay a little bit. That being said, when we get to Tuesday, and obviously we'll talk Penguins lightning Tuesday, it probably is a good spot for Tampa Bay Tuesday because Pittsburgh's just going to be decimated with absences potentially uh, in that Tuesday night game when you think Crosby and Malkin and Gensel got COVID-19 now. So uh, you could be talking about a very short-handed Pittsburgh team, but just long-term, Tampa Bay may not be that team you're going to be wanting to back night in and night out, especially because you're still going to have to pay a premium as well. I've got questions about the bottom six depth. Mm -hmm. The blue line's still good. You've still got arguably the best goalie in the world right now and Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, But there's questions about that depth forward spot. You're not going to get that same third, fourth line punch, I think, that you got last year for the Lightning. Alex, your thoughts on Tampa Bay? Yeah, the key number is 164. That's the number of games Tampa Bay has played since October 3rd, 2019 to right now. And they played that in a very, very condensed schedule. You talk about 70 games in the regular season but before the, the, the stoppage for the pandemic, and then 23 games in the postseason. And they come back with 56 right away, and then another 25. That's a lot of hockey for a core that has played a lot of hockey even before that. Uh, you know, we're talking about a team that's always in the playoffs and always deep in the playoffs. We saw them, the mountain of injuries they had guys play with. You had, you know, uh, Alex Kalorn basically elect to put a rod in, in his leg so he could play through a broken leg if needed uh, in the cup final. Uh, like I said, now that they're losing some of those depth players, some of those, those older guys, you know, like I said, having another year under their belt. It just seems like the cup hangover could really hit them pretty hard uh, early right now. Like I said, Vasilevsky, all the, the amount of minutes he's played, uh, you know, they do have, thankfully, a, a better backup option, I think, right now than Brian Elliott if they need to go to him early to, and, and throughout the year to try to rest Vasilevsky. Keep in mind, 
Vasilevsky more than likely would also be on the Russian team for the Olympics too. So those are things we have to kind of factor into our handicap as well. Those top players around the league, they're going to have to play some extra games now uh, going over to Beijing in, in February. So got to read and, and react with that in the second half of the season. So that being said, uh, I would only look at playing the point total under with Tampa Bay. I think obviously they're going to be a playoff team, but like I said, they can get lost in that shuffle between them uh, and Toronto and Florida. Uh, it could be just a matter of points that separates first from third uh, in this division when it's all said and done. I could see them being possibly second or third uh, rather than first. Yeah, exactly. And it's about long-term winning the cup again, not so much winning the division, you know, and having an amazing, amazing regular season, uh, especially knowing a few years ago what that did. You know, they had the incredible regular season. They get bounced by Columbus in the first round. So I think it's pacing yourself if you're Tampa Bay. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think of this Lightning team? I, I'm just going to echo pretty much everything Alex just said. And it goes back to what we were saying to t- uh, lead off the show is just keep an eye on – you know, teams like Tampa Bay who have played this much hockey in a short period of time, they're human. Their bodies are going to wear down. Uh, so maybe, you know, November, December could be some really tough months. I think they're going to come out of this month. They're going to see where they're at. And they might have some guys that are starting to have hamstring issues or nagging injuries coming back that really just keep bothering them to a point that they're not going to be able to play. So they could get hammered by injuries early on here. But as you guys both say, they're a team that can recover from that. Uh, if given enough uh, runway to do it, uh, you know, as long as they're not way out of it, they're always going to be in it. Uh, but this, I, I wouldn't, I would bet against Tampa Bay a, a bit more than I'm used to uh, in the early going here, because we tend to see Vegas is going to be, be, base a lot of things on last year uh, and what they've done in the last two years as well, just being the de- defending two time cup champs. Uh, you know, you're going to get some great value in taking the opponent there. So, uh, definitely watch that and look for those those steals to get. All right, and last but not least, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs in the Atlantic Division, uh, and then we'll get to the Metro. Uh, the big additions, actually, to be honest with you, it's preseason, don't overreact. But look, they made some changes. It was another gut-wrenching first-round exit last year against Montreal. Uh, of course, uh, I had some uh, epic uh, rants about that Leaf team, uh, and they're uh, just that epic. It was an epic fail, let's be honest. 3-1 up in that series, and you can't find a way to win that series and close it out, uh, and they end up losing in seven. And now they've just made some tweaks. You know, A couple of the guys they brought in last year, Thornton, Bogosian, departed, and they brought in, and I'll be honest, a lot of the guys that they brought in in the offseason especially at forward, they've played well in the preseason. Mm. Nick Ritchie's been outstanding in the preseason for the Toronto Maple Leafs, getting him from the Boston Bruins. Michael Bunting, getting him from Arizona. He's been awesome in the preseason. Now, again, preseason, but there's you're, you're happy with the early returns, at least. Andre Kosh has even been solid. I've seen him you know, make some plays in the uh, preseason. This guy's just been riddled with injuries, and there's still a question, can he play a full season? You know, obviously, we know this team shouldn't have issues scoring goals. David Camp's been good as well, by the way, and they're really liking his defensive play as well at the center spot. So keep an eye on that for the uh, Leafs. But uh, they like every every guy they brought in in the offseason. They're happy with what they've seen so far in the preseason. Now, can that translate to when the games count in the regular season? That's the question. The blue line, uh, very, very similar to last year. You know, Riley, Brody, Muzzin, Hall, Dermott, Sandine is probably going to be the uh, sixth defenseman. Um, I like what they've got in goal now. Look, he had to part ways with Freddie. Freddie can't stay, couldn't stay healthy last year, and when he was in there, it was his worst season probably in years. He's getting older, not younger. He had to make part ways. They weren't going to pay him that contract, especially when they're a salary cap-strapped team like they are, and I like their tandem. Jack Campbell, 
showed you a lot last year. The teammates love him. Uh, they play hard for him uh, because they love him as a teammate that much. Uh, you know, and and the fact is, they're not going to have to rely on Campbell for 82 games. They're going to give, I think, equal distribution to Jack Campbell and Peter Morozik, who is a great, great pickup to be the 1A, 1B type goaltender here for this Leafs team. So I like the way it sets up for them in goal. They're a very good hockey team. They're going to have a very good regular season. But what are they going to do in the playoffs is the question mark. But that's a question for another day. We're talking about regular season right now. They'll have a fine regular season. They'll contend to win this division. Simple as that. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, you mean you pretty much summed it up. They've, they've got uh, a decent goaltending time. And now I think that could probably be uh, a bit more stable than what we've seen. You know, like I said, Freddie Anderson uh, was a bit up and down his last couple of years. But uh, Jack Campbell seems to be the real deal. And like I said, if, they, if he does falter a bit, Peter Morazic's there to kind of pick him up. Uh, we know how loaded this team is offensively. Maybe they can find a way to kind of bat down the hatches a little bit on the blue line. Uh, but like I said, as far as the regular season goes, you're not going to have much value betting on them night to night because they're, like I said, they're one of those favorite teams. They're a public team. Uh, so you have to try to attack with overs, uh, you know, find some derivative ways to bet them on a nightly basis. But they're going to be uh, the standard run of the mill, have a great regular season, and just try to see if they can figure out, uh, you know, how to right the wrongs they've had uh, over and over within the postseason. Yeah, the only guy that departed from last year's Leafs team that they're really, really, really going to miss is obviously Zach Hyman who, of course, is now with the uh, Edmonton Oilers. They'll miss him significantly, no question uh, about that. But they're already having visions of Nick Ritchie being the new Zach Hyman, if you will, uh, with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, with Matthews and Marner. So, And look, it's, he's looked good so far, Ritchie. So he's not going to completely take do what Hyman did. Or, as, uh, uh, they like what they see from him. Before, uh, boys. I, I've read this script for the last few years here in Boston. It doesn't end well, and I don't care if Wayne Gretzky's his center. Nick Ritchie is a bust period. He's a third or fourth line player and he will be on that third or fourth line within a month. So this is all window dressing what he's doing in the preseason. He is a tree trunk out there. Are you like, he's a pylon. How is his speed going to keep up with Marner or, or, or Matthews or any of those guys flying? It's a faster skater. It's not close. Yeah, Yeah. Come on. It's not going to happen guys. They're going to be getting down the ice and be waiting. Nick, come on. We got to shoot. We got, we got to get a chance here. Come on. You can do it. What a disaster this is going to be. It is hilarious how the Toronto media just takes off with anything, you know? The one thing I will say, though, I, I'm with you, Ian, is that bunting kid I like a lot, and I've liked him. Uh, I, I've kept an eye on him before, and he he, he could be the real deal there. Uh, I don't know if I'm as high on Campbell maybe as you guys are. I, I just, um, you know, when it's the going still got such tough, a small sample size, I get yeah, it. it great, going, great, yeah, great run, counted, but small and sample when his size. he was yeah. crumbling in front of him, he crumbled the most. And it's just, I don't, he, to me, he's, he's a, he's a great backup. I just can't see him being a guy that puts them over the top. And this is why guys, I, I won't be the least surprised. I'm not hearing anything right now, but I could see Dubis really, you know, depending on how they come out of the gate here, he might go out and just acquire a goalie somewhere. There's some goalies to be had right now in the trade market. If you want them. I, I think Gibson could be had in Anaheim. I, I, I think that's that he might get moved this year, um, depending on how Anaheim does. But they need a goalie, and that's the biggest thing to me. If they get a goalie, this team wins the cup in my eyes. They really do. The greatest thing to watch, though, for them, though, and we talked about how they crumbled, now we're going to see what they're made of. I, I think that they've had enough gut-wrenching losses and gut checks and you know character-building type moments on the wrong end of the score uh, 
it's, it's now or never, you know, like Dubas has said, it truly is now or never. And, you know, they owe it to him, man, because if I was that GM, I would have blown this roster up a long time ago. Uh, I, I'm with Alex. Just stay away from the sides for now and and, and bet those overs with them because uh, there's going to be a lot of them. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a fascinating year. And again, they're going to be needled and asked and qu- quizzed and questioned about the playoffs, you know, uh, throughout the course of the regular season. But uh, I hope they park those questions, the Toronto media. Let them get through the day-to-day grind of the regular season. Then if you want to pepper them about the playoffs and the lack of success in the playoffs, wait playoffs. till April. Yeah, <laughs> wait till April. Like, I, I hope there's not they're not asking Matthews and Marner and all these guys in November. Well, you're having a great run, but what do you think if you can make this happen in the playoff? No, just shut up and just let them get through the damn season. Let them get to April. Let them get in the playoffs. You, know, you still got to work to get in there, to be honest with you. They should, obviously, but, yep. you know, you never know. You never take anything for granted. Injuries, other teams surprise you know, you have problems finishing like you did against Montreal in the first round last year, and all of a sudden you're in a fight just to get in. So, you know, never take anything for granted, that's for sure. But on paper, there's a it's a very good team. They'll have a good regular season. They'll be a playoff team. They could even contend for the division. But again, it's going to be what about all about what they do in April and beyond. That's how they're going to be judged, right or wrong. That's the way it is with this uh, Toronto team. All right, we're going to get to the Metro division in just a sec. But before we do, a message from DraftKings. Hockey is back. And the DraftKings Sportsbook are great partners here with THPN. They've got an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. Customers can bet just $1 on any hockey team and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. It doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a depth deflection. However they light the lamp, you win uh, if the sports book isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. You can uh, won't leave you empty-handed. You can still play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first uh, deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. You know it. You love it. It hasn't changed uh, from last year when we did this show. Throw down $1 on any hockey game. Win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Uh, this week, one puck in the net nets you a big win. So make sure you take advantage of that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code THPN. All right. It is time for the Metropolitan Division now. Uh, and a look at that division. We'll start with the worst team, which to me is Columbus. I mean, it's just a tough ask for Brad Larson. Poor guy. You know, and, and, and I'm going to say the same thing tomorrow on the Western Conference show about Andre Tourigny with Arizona. Uh, I like the hires, but the problem is they're in brutal situations, both guys. It's the start of a rebuild for both of these organizations. And are these guys going to be around long enough to see the eventual light at the end of the tunnel? you know, at the end of these rebuilds. But clearly that's where Columbus is going uh, right now, uh, beginning a rebuild. Uh, you look at the roster, they bring in Jacob Voracek in part ways with Cam Atkinson and that deal with the Flyers. I don't know if that's necessarily a, a good news. I mean, I like Atkinson kind of had an up and down year, but he's the younger player. He's got ability to finish. Uh, Voracek now to Columbus, a guy that was kind of disgruntled in Philly. If he thought he was disgruntled in Philadelphia at times last year, you're now going to be with a team that's going to have a probably rough season rebuilding team. How's it going to go with him in Columbus? Patrick Lyon, not good enough since he joined the Jackets, didn't do a whole lot. They got to hope, they got to pray he shows up nightly offensively for this Columbus team because it's patchwork. Gus Nyquist, a downside of his career. 
I like Bjorkstrand, but and Roslovic, you know, streaky. And then you're not going to get much from the third and the fourth line offensively. I mean, you're talking still Max Domi. You're talking uh, Nathan Gerby. They do bring in Corrali, of course, from the uh, Boston Bruins uh, in the offseason. The blue line is shaky to me uh, after you get past Wierenski. And Jake Bean was actually not a bad pickup uh, for the uh, Carolina uh, for the Columbus Blue Jackets from Carolina. But once you get beyond those two guys, Gavrikov, Boquist, Har- Harrington, and Harrington's been like in the AHL for the most part of his career the last few years. And now they're going to ask him to play a, a, a top six role on this blue line for Columbus. And, uh, you know, when you look at the goaltending uh, for the uh, Columbus uh, Blue Jackets, uh, obviously they had the uh, uh, tragic uh, passing, of course, uh, of uh, in the of, of their uh, one of their goaltenders in the organization, Kev Lennox, you know, and that was a sad uh, situation for this entire team. You know, I don't think it's going to affect these guys mentally. They'll be able to play. Merzlikens has shown capabilities at times, but him and Corpusalo now back to back. You know, one night they're good, one night they're not. But when you look at them where they are, and then you look at the rest of the division, you know, there's a reason why it looks like they're going to be the bottom feeders here uh, in. Uh, the Metro division. So that's pretty much uh, where we stand with Columbus. Uh, Alex, anything you want to say about Columbus? Yeah, no, this is a team I have circled as one of those teams that probably be uh, worth looking at for overs, especially in the first period, but uh, definitely full game. Like I said, the blue line seems like it's going to wear down a bit. Uh, and eventually, like I said, Merzlikens can't stop everything. So he's always facing 40, 50 shots a night. Uh, they're going to be, you know, struggling mightily and they have offensive talent of course with line a uh and so forth but can they gel together and play like a a team you know consistently throughout that remains to be seen so uh they're going to definitely struggle in in this tough metropolitan division but the only way we can really be able to attack them will more than likely be uh you know with some overs yeah and that's going to be the issue with columbus you know it's not only that they're rebuilding but they're in a division where everybody else seems to be on paper better uh, than them and that's going to be the issue jimmy what do you think of columbus yeah, same thing here, guys. I mean, and, you know, don't don't let Zach Rowenski hear all this, huh? He gets mad if you call it a rebuild, but, I mean, that's what it is. Let's face it. I mean, what else you got? And why why he would sign that deal and, and somehow try, you know, fall for whatever they told him. They're, they're a long way off right now, I think, guys. And, look, Patrick Laine, yeah, is he an X-Factor? Sure. If he comes out and can be the uh, Patrick Laine he was in his rookie season and find that again and stay healthy – then, yeah, maybe we're talking about these guys pushing for a spot potentially. But as of now, I don't see much coming from this team right now. Uh, you know, one thing would be interesting is the goaltending. You brought it up there. Um, I, I think they, they those goalies do have potential. But you, you mentioned it. It's just the consistency with them. They can't seem to stay consistent. Uh, and then, of course, there's been injuries with them as well. So uh, this is a team I just really don't have much interest in, in betting-wise as, as we start the season. Uh, New Jersey Devils uh, next up. Obviously, uh, this is a team that's trying to get on that playoff path. Uh, are they ready to be a playoff team is the big question. Uh, it's, it could go either way again. It's kind of like Boston here. If they push for a playoff spot, it wouldn't surprise me. But, you know, if they find their, themselves on the outside looking in again, that wouldn't surprise me. What I do like for the Devils is Jack Hughes stepped up at a much better year last year and now start, certainly looks more and more like a guy that, you know, we're ready to see him take off in that number one center spot, number one overall pick when we drafted him, and he certainly showed uh, signs of that. But, boy, I, I still question where the team is going to get consistent offense from, you know, some of their bottom six group guys. You know, Tatar is now going to be asked to play on the second line, and that guy had a great run in Montreal for a bit, and then he couldn't find the back of the net for a very long time at a massive slump 
couldn't even crack the playoff roster uh, for Montreal once the playoffs came around. So what are you going to get from him? He shears already had a ton of injuries, very talented, very skilled, good offensive player, but injuries have been an issue for him. You look at the blue line, you've got uh, Ryan Graves, uh, a nice ad. I'll, I'll admit that very nice addition from Colorado at uh, Dougie Hamilton. I like him, Jimmy, maybe not so much. And I'm sure he'll get to that uh, in just a second. Uh, but Ty Smith, Damon Severson, Siegenthaler's a nice pickup from Washington. Subban, can he stay healthy? For, I actually don't mind their blue line. The blue line's not bad. What are you going to get from Blackwood? Blackwood's been very good at times. He's been not so good at others. And he's also been in and out with injuries. And we still have not seen enough from Blackwood to say, wow, this is for sure our number one goalie, our bona fide franchise goalie moving forward. So there's a lot of questions for New Jersey. I'm, I feel the same way with New Jersey as Boston, where it's jury is out for me. I got to see if Blackwood plays well. Let's see how the blue line improves. I think it will. And where are they going to get scoring outside of Hughes and Heashier? And maybe a couple guys on the top six forward group. I mean, there's some guys that can put the puck in the net, but the depth forwards don't scare me on this team. So really a wait-and-see approach for me with the Devils. Alex, what do you think of Jersey? Yeah, this is kind of just a mid-range team, in my opinion. Like I said, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is somebody I thought was going to, you know, finally at some point emerge as a top-10 goaltender. I think I might have missed the mark with him a little bit. I think he just seems to just kind of be, uh, you know, a run-of-the-mill guy. He can get on a hot streak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but he can get on a hot streak and then get, and then go cold, you know, at any given moment. Uh, and then you look at, like I said, this offense, they have some talent that, you know, can build over time but they just don't seem like a team that's going to be able to keep pace uh, with the speed. If you look at this division and even just the whole conference as a whole, they can't keep up in in any kind of series with a Tampa Bay, uh, a Toronto, even a team like the New York Rangers would would be able to to outgun them. So they're just going to, you know, probably find themselves, you know, maybe keeping a float in the middle of the season, but at some point they're going to fall toward the bottom. All right, Jimmy, New Jersey, what do you think? Well, yeah, no, I did not like the Dougie Hamilton signing. And I can tell you fact is that that signing was not the final choice made by Tom Fitzgerald. That was all ownership and ownership is just way heavy in on the analytics in New Jersey right now. And no, I'm not some old timer, old fart who doesn't like analytics, but I think that it's been overused in both hockey and baseball. If you saw my tweet last night where the all stack geeks came after me afterwards, but Look, this is crazy. I mean, you don't put everything into analytics. And I think Tommy Fitz was making a great team there. He was building a lot. They have a lot of great young prospects coming along right now. I was convinced they could take another step forward if they got more of a well-rounded defenseman, not a guy that's an absolute nightmare in his own end. All right? Dougie Hamilton, to me, is not what this team needed. I think they had enough offense and guys coming through the system they should just let them go in there and brought in more of a veteran stabilizing force on that blue line now you factor in the whole Mackenzie Blackwood mess I you know it's just whatever I'm not even going to go on a rant I've done enough ranting about anti-vaxxers but it's just it's really screwing up this team and I don't know if you guys heard Tommy Fitzgerald on uh, the Jeff Merrick show earlier this week I mean he called him out he said yeah you're, he's like, yeah, I've told him, you are screwing up our season. We were ready to take it to the next level, and you're holding that up right now, and you're holding us all hostage. Uh, and that's that's not something a, a developing team needs, kind of like in Ottawa, the Kachuk situation. You don't need those distractions. I don't care how many times people say or players say, oh, it's not a distraction. We're fine. We'll, they'll figure it out. We're not worried. Yeah, bullshit. They're all worried about it, and they're all worried about Blackwood there, and that is a big elephant in the room as this season starts there. 
I'm telling you, if, if this hadn't happened, I would have looked at them as one of those long shots to make the playoffs. A long, long shot, but I thought they were definitely going to take a step forward. Now, I don't know. They seem like they're in neutral. I would bet the over a lot with this team going forward. Yeah, definitely. Good points there. Philadelphia Flyers. This is my team I'm not all that high on coming into this year. Uh, Philadelphia. I mean, obviously, last year was disappointing. Uh, you're hearing some things now. Uh, it was Robin Leonard that said what he said about Vigneault, right? You're hearing these things about Alain Vigneault now coming out about, you know, how he's been with players in the past uh, as a coach. Um, that's not good. You know, that's something you, you don't want to be dealing with when you're starting a new year for sure. And by the way, I should point out people in the chat talking about Sharon Govich for the Devils. Yes, he is a guy that actually I think will have a nice year for them. He yeah. better because they don't have a lot of options scoring, you know, in the depth forward group, the th third line and the fourth line. He's going to have to have a big year. He is someone I will probably look at for points, goal scorer yep. props, shots on goal. Those kind of player props this year with Sharon Govich, I think probably worth a look. But Flyers have issues. This is the same old retread team. I mean, Giroux, Couturier, Konechny, Farabee. They bring in Broussard, who's kind of declined recent years. Cam Atkinson bringing him in from Columbus, streaky. Uh, and then you've got Lawton, you've got James Van Riemsdyk, uh, Lindblom, and Obey Kuba. It's just the same kind of group we saw last year that didn't have a very good year. Uh, the blue line, Provorov, is definitely someone I like. They bring in Ryan Ellis from Nashville, and he's been good in Nashville, Ryan Ellis. But he's an older guy now. He's had, he's had some injuries. He's had some setbacks. Are you going to get Ryan Ellis at the peak of his career at this stage? I don't know about that if you're Philadelphia. Sanheim, uh, Yandel. You know, now brought brought him in in the off season. Uh, Ristolainen, that doesn't impress me. Ristolainen to me is more taking bad penalties, selfish penalties to me. Ristolainen than being a good defenseman. It's almost like that's more of his focus in, in a lot of games. I don't love that addition to this bl uh, blue line here for the uh, Flyers. And then in net. You better hope to God Carter Hart figures it out and bounces back this year because it was not good last year for him. I have no idea if he's going to bounce back because it was such a bad year for him. But we know he was very good a couple of years before that when they went to the playoffs in the bubble. Uh, and he was very good. And what are you going to get, though, this time around from Carter Hart? I don't know. It's a wait and see for me. All I know is that you better get good goaltending from Carter Hart because you ain't going to get it from his backup. And that's Martin Jones, uh, who, of course, is now the backup here for the Philadelphia Flyers. Just uh uh, amazing them just just what they needed martin jones to be their backup with a guy where we don't know where his head is at uh, as our number one goalie that we're thinking is our franchise goalie or at least a couple years we thought that uh, a couple years ago we thought that now we're not so sure so uh, it's thumbs down for me on philadelphia it is it's a bet against team for me until uh further notice i mean i'm gonna have to see it this looks like the same old retread team up front same old suspect blue line and question marks in net that i saw last year from a team that failed miserably, disappointed, and underachieved terribly and missed the playoffs. And I'm going to need to see it, an improvement, before I believe it. Alex, what do you think of Philly? You know, as a Chicago Bears fan who's seen about 837 quarterbacks in 25 years, I feel bad for the Philadelphia Flyers fans because they've <laughs> gone through the same plight as far as goaltending concerned. And uh, like I said, they didn't add much uh, when you're talking about Martin Jones, a guy who's, you know, well past his prime and didn't look good in the couple of games I saw from him during the preseason. Uh, like I said, Carter Hart's got to really figure things out. Uh, sooner rather than later. Otherwise, this team is going to be in trouble right off the jump. This is a team that screams to me overs. Uh, first period overs, full game overs. 
they're going to be giving up goals in bunches. They're going to be scoring goals in bunches, which is something we don't really get to see a lot from the Eastern Conference. Usually, you talk about the Flyers. You talk about mostly tight games, three, you know, two, three, two, two, one. That's not going to be the case early here, especially if Hart doesn't have things rolling. They have to turn to Martin Jones. Uh, it'll get pretty ugly. So that's the only thing I'm looking at there. Don't see them doing much. Uh, could be a playoff team if they figure things out, but they've got a lot to figure out. Yeah, I might even look more, not just the uh, full game overs like or that, but the team total over for the other team because the one thing for the Flyers last year was that offense was spotty. You know, there'd be games where they could barely crack a goal or two goals, and I worry about their ability to put the puck in the net consistently this year too. So maybe not just overs, but if you a little for a little more insurance, if you really feel they're going to be giving up more of the goals, Philly, the team total over for the other team, probably a good look as well. Jimmy, what do you think about the Flyers? Well, here's what I'll preface by saying, and you guys already mentioned both of you there. I mean, Carter Hart is the big if uh, for this team. That that's it. if he if he is back to the Carter Hart we saw two years ago, then the Philadelphia Flyers, in my eyes, are a Stanley Cup contender. That's how high I am. If Carter Hart is Carter Hart, we know. Look, guys, this team went out and revamped their defense. I like Ristolainian. This is another case. You know, you're talking about, well, let, let's give Almark a little credit because he was playing in Buffalo. The same goes with him, with Ristolainian or with Reinhardt. You know, this is a guy that's been trapped in a bad, bad situation for years, wanting to get out. He was a hot commodity on the trade market. Uh, and now you look at it, they bring in Ryan Ellis as well. Not a lot of people are talking about that move, and I think that could turn out to be one of the biggest moves of the offseason was the Flyers bringing in Ryan Ellis. Just remember I said that. I think their defense has has done a great job of improving in the offseason. I give Chuck Fletcher a lot of credit there. And up front, I think they've got some young guys that are ready to come in. I love bringing in Cam Atkinson and replacing uh, Varashik there because from what I'm told, guys, by with people within the organization there was that Varashik was a distraction in that in that locker room. He was not the leader that they tried to paint him out to be. There had become a lot of strife between him and some other players, and they needed to get him out of there. Now they bring in a kid in Cam Atkinson, who I think the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to miss a lot in terms of leadership and speed. I like that addition there, and I think if he makes it out of camp, and it looks like he will, I'm making some uh, some prop bets on Morgan Frost, guys. Remember, this is the guy they got in that Shen deal uh, with St. Louis, the other guy nobody talks about there. He's a guy to watch. I think back to the defense, Provorov is up for I like this team a lot. So I, I'm going to go. If if Carter Hart's looking good and I can still get some good value, I'm going over on the wins for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. All right. A game changer, of course, though, is if Carter Hart is back on the that beam. Is. Like I said, that, the biggest, maybe the biggest if in the NHL right now. Yep. No, Ellis could still play at a very high level. Yandel. You know, they had to do something to the blue line, and they've tried. It'll help the power play. Yeah, it'll help the power play. Uh, I would see that. And again, you if guys they can score the, more, uh, they're going to have to, I think, yeah. especially if they're going to have goaltending concerns. Yeah, and he'll bring. He, apparently, he brings manners to the team too. I don't know if you guys saw the video of him. Uh, apparently, every time he comes back, when the goalie plays the puck to him, he thanks the goalie every single time. In I saw games. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That was good. I saw that. That was great. Well, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll give one of those to them if they if they make me look good in a few months. Yeah, you'll give them a couple of thank yous. Yeah, yep. thank you, thank you. I'm the one that believed in the Flyers on the Ice Guys show. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you can get the uh, thanks from the uh, Flyers uh, if you if you are indeed correct that they can uh, bounce back, be a better team, maybe even make the playoffs. But again, it's going to come down. You could say that about a lot of teams to goaltending, but especially this Flyers team because Hart's got to play well. They can't rely on Jones simple as that all right next up uh, as we continue along here the new york rangers this is the team i like uh in this uh, division in terms of mm. taking that step 
See, I don't think the Flyers will take that step. I don't think the Devils will. Columbus isn't going to be good. This is the team that takes that step this year and makes the playoffs in this division. I think it's the New York Rangers. Gerard Gallant's had a history of first year with the team, right away improvement, right away positive improvement from the team. Florida, Vegas, and I think it's going to happen here with the New York Rangers as well. Are there questions? Of course, you know, defensively. Can Igor Shesterkin be their bona fide number one guy? I'll tell you what, I saw a lot more positives from Shesterkin in net last year than Hart. You know, and, you know, as long as he stays healthy, he's shown me enough. They, they're going to miss Pavel Buchnevich, and they're going to miss Blackwell even as a depth forward. And Buchnevich had great camaraderie playing up front on that top line with that Rangers team. But they bring in Barkley Goudreau for a little sandpaper, and he's a good defensive forward, and he can chip in offensively. Sammy Blay from the Blues, same thing, good two-way forward. Uh, Ryan Reeves for a little bit of grit, unfortunately suffers a brutal injury uh, in the preseason last night, uh, and now he's, you know, we're all getting excited for Ryan Reeves versus Tom Wilson on TNT next Wednesday night, potentially Rangers Capitals. That's probably not going to happen now. Uh, Reeves is going to miss some uh, time, but uh, nevertheless, they wanted to toughen up. They were kind of embarrassed with the way they handled the Tom Wilson incident last year uh, when they faced the Capitals. Uh, but more than anything, this team is still going to be a, just incredible offensively. There's no doubt. I mean, their ability to score goals, Abanajad, Kreider, Panarin, Ryan Strom, Capocacco really stepped up last year. Alexi Lafreniere, you know, didn't have a great rookie year, but I'd expect him in year number two to be a lot more comfortable. I think they'll be able to score goals this hockey team again. Where I think they've improved a little bit and where they're going to continue to improve is the blue line. Because Adam Fox, you know, bona fide could be in the uh, Norris Trophy conversation this year. Ryan Lindgren showed me a lot. I like Keandre Miller uh, as well for the Rangers. That guy's got a lot of upside. Along the blue line, skates well, good in his own end. Truba's very good in his own end as well. Uh, Patrick Nemeth uh, brought in as well uh, by this uh, Rangers team uh, in the uh, offseason. Good veteran, uh, you know, depth defenseman. Uh, so there's lots to like the, with that blue line for to, in terms of them improving there. And you've got Shesterkin and Georgiev in net. And, I, and I'm, I'm a believer in Shesterkin. I think he's going to be a really good goaltender for this team. So I like the Rangers over their point total. I bet them to win the Metro as well. Uh, you can get that right now at around uh, plus 350 Rangers to win the division. I took that. Uh, I've got them in futures to win the East and this cup as well. And also what I like too, if you can find books that offer awards props, you know, NHL awards props, best goaltender, best rookie, best defenseman, uh, Jack Adams award. I'm already on Shesterkin for the Vesna, a little bit of a dark horse price, 22 to one. And I already think it's one of the best Jack Adams award prop bets you can make. Gerard Gallant, 11 to 1, New York Rangers. Oh, yeah. He's absolutely got a chance to win the Jack Adams Award this year. If they make the playoffs and then they make noise in the playoffs, he's absolutely at or near the top of the list to win that Jack Adams Award this year. Gerard Gallant, 11 to 1, Jack Adams Award winner, coach of the year. I think it can be it can be done. I've already bet that as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? New York Rangers. Yeah, I'm high on the Rangers as well. And I, I'm, I'm definitely would tell you with that 11 to 1 on Gallant to win the Jack Adams. I like them to win the division as well. And I like their points uh, over at 95 and a half. The division price, I really wish I would get a better, you know, a better return on plus 350 is a bit short. But uh, with that being said, like I said, everything looks good for this team right now. They have a, a blue line that can, you know, 
finally work and, and like I said, look at Adam Fox. He seems to be a guy who's going to be a potential generational talent on that blue line. Uh, they haven't had a D-man like him basically since Brian Leach. So if he can stay healthy and, and continue to play solid two-way hockey, that's something that's going to be a, a big plus for them. Obviously, the offensive talent they're loaded with. Our Timmy Panarin, this is actually a prop I bet, uh, over 28 and a half goals uh, for him. I think he's going to have a tremendous season and, and possibly be uh, right in that race for the Richard Trophy, maybe even for the Hart Trophy, uh, if he can carry this team along and they you know end up winning the division. Uh, Shesterkin, I think he's going to be tremendous in that. I just like where everything's going with this team. You know, like I said, things were thrown off course with them, like in most teams uh, over the last couple of years. But I think they finally have played enough hockey where they, they can really kind of ride together, uh, and they're going to be at least closer toward the top, if not the very top, of this Metro division. All right. One of our uh, great uh, loyal viewers, Jarek, in our chat, suggesting Panarin to win the heart 12 to 1. I'm even seeing 16 to 1 in some spots as well with that. Uh, I'm not going to talk you out of that. I wouldn't talk any anyone out of making a bet on a team that I think I'm uh, high on coming into the year. Because obviously, if I think they're going to have a good season, an improved season, then I think their players are going to have a good season. I think the coach is going to do it. That's why I'd look at Panarin. I'd look at the Shesterkin for the Vesna. I'd look at Gallant for the Coach of the Year, Jack Adams, because I think they're going to have an improved year. Uh, no question. Jimmy, what do you think here? New York Rangers. What I think here, guys, is that I, I agree with everything you said right now. And then, look, I, I'm not going to jinx in this year. I believe I picked them to win the cup last year. I, I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, that didn't go so well. But, no, I think they do make the leap now. Uh, look, I, I didn't agree with the way everything went down there. I don't know how you fired Jeff Gordon. Uh, I, I get Chris Jury was knocking on a door. He plays a pivotal role in everything that happened up until then. But I, I just thought. Gordon could have been kept in some other way. I thought it was handled poorly, but we're moving on. And and I look at this team now on the ice. I like them a lot. I love the grit that they brought in with uh, Goodrow and Reeves and Blaze. And uh, I like this team right now. And I'm with you guys. I, I like Panarin a lot. I actually was thinking about that today, of putting some money down on him to win the hard trophy. I think that's a great bet. And I wasn't even thinking about, you know, the goalie there. You know, never know, man. I mean, if the team does well and he's he's racking up the wins, yeah, he becomes a candidate there. I, I don't know if he's that far yet, but you never know. I think this is going to be a fun team to watch, and I'm going to tell you on that Gallant uh, Coach of the Year as well. I like that you can bet these now. These are becoming more and more available at a lot of books now, these uh, NHL awards, preseason props that you can bet to uh, win all of these awards and, you know, uh, Hart Trophy, Vesna. Jack Adams, go on down the list. It's uh, great that you can bet those now. This is my, this is my. If I had a best bet of all the awards props, that's the one. Gerard Gallant, seriously, to win that. I couldn't believe eleven to one. Like they've it's, got um, fourteen to one. At another shop too, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So make sure you shop around. You might even be able to. There's some fourteen to ones out there apparently. But uh, you know, the only ones that are ahead of them, you know, Cooper, Cooper, but Cooper's, you know, already had a good team. He's not going to win it. I mean, that's a, that's that's the bad bet of the bunch. John Cooper plus six fifty. I mean, Tampa Bay's really good. They're loaded, uh, and that's the favorite. And the, the Jack Adams usually goes to someone that takes a team that had a bad year, bad season, and improves them significantly uh, the next season. And that's the perfect candidate for a Gerard Gallant. Uh, in my trots, plus 850, no, because the Islanders have been good the last few years. Dean Evason, you know, if they're good this year, but they were good last year too. So at 8-1, to one, I don't love that. That's why Gallant there, 11-1, to one, stands out, uh, in my opinion, uh, for the uh, coach of the year. Uh, type of uh, awards going into this year. I'm trying to see what else maybe I'd look at. Tippett, 20 to 1 if the Oilers are really good. Potentially, Maurice, 20 to 1 if the Jets have a really nice bounce back year, which I think they could. There's some ones down the board that I think might have some value, uh, in my opinion. 
definitely the number one for me is Gallant. No question. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more tomorrow, but one yeah. uh, and to mention the chat, uh, Jeremy Calden, if he can finally yep. figure it out with the lineup he's got, he's got, got a, a lot of the chances anybody to win that. Yeah, and he's forty to one, you know, in in that range, yeah. uh, in a lot of spots. So uh, Jeremy Calton, he's going to have his best team at his disposal, clearly for Chicago, and we'll be talking about them tomorrow. All right, we've got a few teams left here. We move on to the Pittsburgh Penguins, guys. This is bet against at least to begin the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team is just going to be without key personnel at the beginning of the year. Crosby, Malkin out indefinitely. Jake Gensel's now on the COVID nineteen list for the Penguins, uh, and he, you know, is definitely. Uh, going to be missing at the very least opening night next week against Tampa, probably a lot more than that, uh, potentially. Um, and now you're going to have to fit in all kinds of different pieces. Now you lose, a t- you know, you lose two top line players and you lose, you know, basically three top six forwards are going to be out for you uh, to begin the year. That's trouble. You got to overcome that. Uh, you know, you look at their bottom six forward group with Dominic Simone, Brian Boyle, Drew O'Connor, Danton Heinen, Teddy Bluger, Brock McGinn, you're not always going to be able to, to get offense consistently from them. Now you look at Jeff Carter, Brian Rust, Jason Zucker, who's had injury problems and didn't always produce consistently last year. Capping in the same thing. Streaky would go on these great runs and then would be quiet for several games in a row. I mean, where's the offense all of a sudden going to come from when you're starting the year without Crosby, Malkin, and Gensel? You know, that's going to end up being the big question, the blue line. You know, pretty much uh, very similar to last year. Pedersen, Ruido, Marino, Matheson, Latang, Dumoulin, uh, the, the 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 six defensemen that the Penguins will be going with next year into this season. Uh, I actually like Casey DeSmith more than I like Jari at this point. You know how uh, pathetic I thought Tristan Jari was in that series against the Islanders last year. I think they could have beaten the Islanders. With all due respect to the Islanders, good team, great, well-coached. Pittsburgh could have won that series if they had a lick of goaltending. And they did not have any uh, from Tristan Jari in that series. So that's up for debate how good he can be uh, in that. I actually think DeSmith might be the better option. But for me, it would be <laughs> I want no part of the Penguins early in the year. And I think they're going to be up against it Tuesday night against Tampa Bay and beyond. So uh, Penguins, at least early in the season, we'll be looking to make some money going against them. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Pittsburgh. This will be the third year in a row. I've been saying it that, you know, the clock is ticking, the clock is ticking. And finally, it seems like. Uh, they might be that window might be uh, closed and possibly locked behind them as far as making a run to the Stanley Cup. Now this team's getting older, they're having the health issues as usual. At first, you know, you saw okay, Crosby's going to be out for a couple of weeks. No big deal. Crosby's always out for two weeks at some point during the season. It's going back the last seven or eight years. Now you got Malkin out for an extended period of time. Now you got Gensel out. It's just going to keep mounting and mounting. They didn't do anything to address the bad goaltending. They're still rolling with Jari and DeSmith which is one of the, the worst tandems in the league as far as I'm concerned. Uh, like I said, things could get up, go from bad to worst right away, uh, especially if they can't find the depth scoring and offense that, that we've seen uh, you know, time and time again that's kept the Penguins afloat and kept them as a playoff contender. I have them missed the playoffs at plus 170. Uh, I didn't play them on the points total under because this is a division that's going to be really close. I think we're going to see it. It's something to keep a note of as far as uh, – this division as a whole in the Metro point totals. I would tend to lean over with most of these teams because these is, this is going to be the grouping that I think is closer as opposed to the Atlantic. We're going to see a lot of overtime battles, which means a lot of three point games uh, that's going to help push those numbers mm-hmm. over where as opposed to some of the other divisions, I think we'll see teams maybe uh, as a, a true split of over and under. So that's something to keep a, a note of. So if I had to play the point total, it would be over, but I'm not doing that because I think they're going to be uh, a team that is toward the bottom of the division and they end up missing the postseason. 
Yeah, definitely. And by the way, Jared McCann will be missed as well for this Pittsburgh team. He played very well at times last year. And that's another guy that gave you some good offense last year. And that's, I think, putting the puck in the net, especially early with all the guys out. That's going to be a challenge for this Penguins team. Uh, unders, Pittsburgh team total unders, maybe something you look at uh, early in the year for this team. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here about the uh, Penguins? Yeah, I'm with you guys. This this team is uh, not looking good. I, I think it's... It, it, the way we've seen it, Alex said it, they've been trending downward. And it was shouldn't have been any surprise that they lost to uh, a team that made it to the Eastern Conference final the year before. I mean, people, I don't know why keep people keep sleeping on the Islanders. We'll see, we'll see how we're all looking at them in a bit here. But um, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins are not heading the right direction. And then they, you throw these monkey wrench injuries in into the mix there. Uh, the goaltending is a huge question mark. Even if Tristan Jerry becomes a better goalie, he's still Tristan Jerry. He's still not that great a goalie, guys. Let's face it. Uh, this team should have addressed that, and they should have been addressing some problems up front as well. Uh, I do not think the Pittsburgh Penguins make the playoffs. I would go under on the wins here. Uh, good point by Alex, though, on the points. Maybe you look at it a little different there because that's a great point. You might see a lot of extra time there, but just bet heavy against the Penguins to start the season here. Yeah, I think early it's going to be a struggle for this team. No doubt. We have three teams left now before we wrap up the show. Washington Capitals uh, next up here. Uh, Washington Capitals team that coming into this year, it's they're, they're an interesting group to sort of uh, think about. Of course, Peter LaViolette took over this team uh, last year. Uh, I thought he did a pretty good job with them, all things considered. You know, they had a lot. They had COVID issues at times. Uh, they had guys in and out of the lineup. They were a really injury-plagued hockey team uh, last year. And yet they still fought their way into the playoffs, you know, uh, ended up uh, losing, of course, uh, in the uh, very uh, first round of the Boston Bruins. Uh, but nevertheless, I thought Washington, you know, did a solid enough job last year. And, you know, Alex Ovechkin, he's the question now is going to be, can he break Wayne Gretzky's goal scoring record? It's certainly well within reach. Uh, and the great one's going to have a front row seat because, you know, TNT's going to have a lot of Washington games uh, on their uh, schedule this year. So Wayne will get to see while well, he's working on television now, get to see if uh, he can fend off uh, the great uh, eight Alex Ovechkin uh, for that great uh, for that uh, goal scoring record. But no, I mean, this team is still going to be able to put the puck in the net. I mean, you have Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, you have Wilson, you have Mantha who came over and played pretty well since joining them from Detroit. Uh, Daniel Sprong. That that guy, we, we we he was really giving them some uh, goals uh, as well, some offensive contributions. Keep an eye on him. Value goal score prop. I took his goal score props a lot last year. Sprung, so keep an eye on him. Uh, Oshie, Connor, Sheary. You know, Haglin's now in the fourth line, so they've still got some pretty damn impressive forward depth. Nick Backstrom's the only guy up front that looks like he's going to be missing on IR to begin the year. Uh, no timetable for his return right now uh, on the blue line. Uh, you know, they'll miss Siegenthaler uh, on the uh, blue line going into the year. Brendan Dillon, they'll miss. Uh, no question about that. Of course, they had Zidane Chara for one year, and now he's gone uh, as well. So a little bit of a shakeup on the blue line. But you've got Orlov, Jensen, Justin Schultz, uh, Michael Kempney, uh, John Carlson, uh, and uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. So that's what we're looking at in terms of the blue line here for uh, the Washington Capitals. And in the in net, it's going to be interesting because these are two guys that what are we going to get? We've seen some brilliance from Ilya Samsonov. We've seen some marginal goaltending at times as well from Ilya Samsonov. And I could say the same thing about Vitek Vanacek, uh, the backup goalie for the Capitals. So 
this team is going to be, in terms of their blue line and their goaltending, a little bit of a wait and see. Up front, they're still going to be able to find uh, their way to scoring goals. Five on five, their power play is still going to be tough to stop. It'll be a very good team still. Playoff team probably. Beyond that, we'll wait and see. Alex, what do you think, Washington Capitals? You know, the way that their postseason ended last year, I think, was kind of foreshadowing what's to come for this Washington team. I think, once again, just kind of like not in the same vein as Pittsburgh, but they're definitely going to be a team that, you know, windows closing, and they're getting older. They're having injury issues. They seem to not have as much depth as they once did, you know, years ago where you know, one or two more injuries and they could be in some serious trouble. They've got the offense, but if they have anything on the blue line or anything in net, uh, which we've seen, you know, over the last couple of seasons, especially except with the goaltending tandem, uh, they could be in some serious trouble with how these other teams are progressing forward. So I actually played Washington's uh, points total under, and I played them to miss the playoffs as well. I think they're going to be uh, in that wild card mix, but they find themselves on the way out. Yeah, someone might drop out. That's true. Uh, I'm not sure if it's Washington. I, I think they'll find a way to get in, but it's not a certainty. And look, they didn't really replace Brendan Dillon enough on the blue line. I mean, uh, I think you're going to have to, when you look at the blue line on paper, it does look a little bit uh, weaker uh, on the back end, a little bit more thin on the blue line this year for the Washington Capitals compared to last year. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here of this uh, Washington team? Yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm not just like Pittsburgh. I think they're heading in the wrong direction. I have been for a bit now. Uh, dating back to the 2020 playoffs. I think we saw the first sign of that. Uh, what was it? The Islanders that knocked them out that year. And then we saw the Bruins knock them out in five last year. Uh, so look, I look at the, the Capitals as a team that's declining. I don't think they make the playoffs with the defense that they currently have. I think Samsonov uh, is going to be a legit bonafide number one, a star in this league. This is a big year for him. He really struggled in that series against Boston. Uh, so let's see where his confidence, confidence is at. I think the saving grace, though, no pun intended, or very much so, could be Vanacek, uh, you know, the backup there. I, I wouldn't be surprised, guys, if he takes over that number one spot at some time. I think they're going to split for now, but I could see him emerging as the number one guy there. I was very impressed with his performance last night here in Boston uh, and also last year whenever he relieved Samsonov. So I like the future for that kid. So between the pipes are okay, but they're aging up front. Their defense is uh, soft as can be. Uh, th this could be a tough year for the Capitals. They'll score, and you're right. Their defense yeah. and goaltend, they'll be an over team potentially. And keep an eye on Connor McMichael, uh, first-round pick from mm. 2019. That's Looks right. like he's going to make the team this year. And, you know, they already have enough guys to score, and they put, bring him in now, Connor McMichael. So uh, definitely keep an eye on that. They could be – they're going to be very potent up front. And, look, they've been top three, top five in goals in the league the last few years. That's not going to stop. That's not going to go away. Um, but it's their ability to keep the puck in the net, uh, out of the net, I should say, uh, that's going to be uh, the question mark. All right, we're down to our last two teams, arguably the top two teams on paper going into this division this year. Certainly they were last year, the New York Islanders. What else can you say? Uh, I said last year they'd regress, right? Pfft. So much for that, right? <laughs> uh, Barry Trotz making me look stupid there, essentially, which he's capable of doing because he's that good of a head coach. We know that. He's an elite head coach in this league. And I'm in that same boat where coming into this year, I got to think they may not be as good, but I'm not going to come out and say they're not going to be as good because I went to that you know well last year and I paid the price for it. You know, I'm not underestimating this team. I'm not underestimating Barry Trotz anymore. You know, and look, they're going to have Anders Lee, their captain back, who missed a lot of last year, playing with Barzell and Kyle Palmieri, who they'll have a full season with now after getting him at the deadline last year. Beauvillier, Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey. Um, yeah, you lose a couple of key pieces, you know, from 
uh, last year's group, you know, and a team that's now been, you know, gotten to the uh, beaten by Tampa Bay uh, two years in a row, essentially, uh, in the conference finals. No shame in that. They ended up losing to the eventual Stanley Cup champion Lightning each of the last two years. But, you know, they lose Jordan Eberle. They lose Nick Letty uh, on the blue line. Uh, but they bring in Zidane Chara. Interesting. You know, uh, at this stage of his career, Zidane Chara not ready to pack it in yet. Uh, he's still back in the NHL and now on this Islanders team uh, this year uh, for them. Uh, they also bring in uh, Zach Parise, of course, who finally parting ways with the Minnesota Wild. And they're going to have to hope, you know, in a third line role. That's where they're probably going to have Parise slotted in for this Islanders team, playing with J.G. Pajot and Oliver Wallstrom. And keep an eye on Wallstrom. Wallstrom really showed some flashes of being a bona fide offensive a contributor last year for this Islanders team. So look, they're very well, they're sound, they're structured. They play terrific team defense. They're very well coached. Pellick, Pollock, Green, Mayfield, Chara, Dobson, the blue line. A lot of these guys like Pollock, Pellick, uh, Mayfield, Dobson, they're only going to get better because now they've got even more experience and playoff experience under them. And then in goal, I think they're solid with the combination of Sorokin uh, and Varlamov this year. So, you know, they're going to be very good again. Playoff team, potentially deep playoff run again. I made the mistake of underestimating them last year, thinking they'd regress, they'd fall back. It did not happen. Couldn't have been further from the truth. I'm not making the mistake again. Should be a very solid hockey team once again. Alex, what do you think? New York Islanders. Yeah, you pretty much covered it as a whole there. You know, another uh, team that's going to make the playoffs, they're going to do the same old, same old in the regular season. Not going to have much to, to do with them as far as, you know, totals are concerned because sometimes they can score four goals. Sometimes they can win a game one nothing. So uh, I, I see that being kind of this, their same uh, mode of operation. One thing you want to look at, though, is they open up the season with 15 straight road games before they get to their uh, new home out in the, yeah. the Belmont area. The date that I have circled, obviously their opener at home is November 20th against Calgary. I have November 21st uh, circled against Toronto. That's a game that I'm going to be betting on Toronto for sure. I think that everything kind of, uh, you know, collapses down on them after being on the road that long. They have the few days to play that home game. They have to turn right back around and play a top-tier team. Uh, that's definitely a bet-on spot for Toronto, a fade spot for the Islanders. So make sure to circle that uh, on your calendar. Yeah, there's no question about that. That is a hellacious gauntlet of a schedule that the New York Islanders have. Road-heavy. Uh, early in the season keep an eye on that uh, we'll see if they can if they can get out of that 500 or you know even slightly above 500 or maybe just below 500 that's actually pretty good you know if you're the new york islanders you'll take that so keep an eye on that very tough road heavy early season schedule for them jimmy what do you think of the islanders i'm with you guys i mean look th that is that's a great point by alex there keep you know that opening road trip uh, it might be the longest road trip in the history of the nhl i'd have to look it up but, it, you know, that's going to affect them. And that's a great call by you, Alex. Towards the end of that, they're just going to want to get home to their own beds. They're going to want to settle in. They're going to be excited about the new rink and looking ahead to that. It's a great, you know, opportunity there to capitalize on what likely be a mental lapse for the Islanders at that point. However, other than that, I love this team, guys. I think the char move was great. It's going to help them a lot with those kids in that locker room. Just brings more grit, more leadership to a team that's already pretty rich in it. Uh, I love Sorokin in between the pipes. I like the defense. They're going to miss Letty. There's no arguing about that. They are going to miss Letty, guys. I think he was one of the most underrated guys in the NHL the last couple of years. Uh, he, he was a big part of that team. He obviously wasn't what he was in his Stanley Cup years with Chicago, but he was a big part of that Islanders team, helped them move the puck, helped them generate chances. 
Uh, I know they're looking right now for defensive help uh, in that respect, more of an offensive guy, a puck moving guy. Uh, if they can get them, this team is really lethal. They are a Stanley Cup contender. So I think it's, you know, as far as the Metro goes, I think, and it's going to be great. It's either the Rangers or the Islanders take this division. Uh, and I think Philly will be behind them there. I think those are my three playoff teams in the Metro division. There you go. Exactly. And uh, yeah, exactly. Seattle and the Islanders are in the same uh, boat. You know, they're starting on the road early on just so that they can let this new new arenas uh, get finished uh, and be ready yeah, for the opening. Except, except yeah. the Islanders have been one game from the Stanley Cup final two years in a row. That being said, yeah. guys, going back to how we started the show, and I, I was thinking about this as I was just speaking we should another thing to note about the Islanders, though, that we have to watch early on is they're in the same boat as Tampa, where yeah. you know they played so far. And let's face it, out of all those teams that made it to the final four, they're probably the most physical and they, they play a grinding game. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. How will Anders Lee respond? Yep. Um, that could catch up to them a bit combined with that road trip. So yes. it is going to be a bit of survival for them in the first quarter, but I think they come out on top. They've got one of, if not the best coaches in the game. So uh, I, I like the Islanders a lot this year. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see them finally make it over the hump and get to the Stanley Cup final. There we go. Uh, definitely uh, not underestimating them again. Uh, all they do is find a way, great team game, you know, goaltender out. They are the New England Patriots dynasty on ice without the championships. That's right. That's (laughs) the only thing they're missing is a few, uh, well, and not Super Bowls, but Stanley Cups in this case. Absolutely. That's all they're missing right now. All right. The very final team on this Eastern Conference preview show. We thank everybody for joining us today. The Carolina Hurricanes. Yes. uh, A team that we've loved for the last couple of years. I really liked them a lot last year. A little bit of a changeover, though, this year for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes based on their uh, offseason activity. A lot of guys out, uh, shockingly. Alex Nedeljkovic gone. In fact, basically all three goaltenders that were on their roster last year were jettisoned yeah. out. Uh, Alex Nedeljkovic gone. Peter Morozik gone. James Reimer uh, gone. Uh, Dougie Hamilton on the blue line uh, gone. Warren Fogle, Brock McGinn, Cedric Paquette, Jake Bean, Warren Geeky. Yoni Hockenpah, I mean, a lot of changeover uh, on this roster and a personnel turnover for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. But they bring in some interesting pieces. Brendan Smith, veteran blue liner. Uh, Ethan Bear uh, comes in from the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Ian Cole, another veteran blue liner to help out with this team. Um, Their blue line definitely still could be quite good. Slavin and Pesci are excellent. They were last year. Shea is solid. Uh, D'Angelo's the wild card, right? Is his head on straight? We have to wait and see on that. He's got offensive upside, skates well, but is he going to be mentally screwed up again? Or is he going to be focused? Or is he going to settle down now that he's with Carolina? Because obviously that's why the Rangers said goodbye to him. They had enough of his antics and tomfoolery. Uh, And now we'll see if he can get rid of that type of behavior here in Carolina. Uh, Cole and Bear, solid additions, no doubt about that. So they've got some still solid defensive depth, but I can't be totally sure they're as good in net because I like Morozik. I like Nadelkovich and Frederick Anderson's had a nice career. Of course, they signed him a free agent in the off season. Toronto decided not to bring him back Had his worst injury riddled season last year. Most injuries ever. He's now 31 played a lot of games. He's a guy that had his worst year statistically last year. And people are saying, well, you played for the Leafs. The Leafs were a lot better defensive hockey team last year. They were an elite penalty killing team. That narrative doesn't fly to me. To, no. Frederick Anderson played in front of this, the Leafs. Oh, that's why he didn't play well. He played poorly. 
And it wasn't the team in front of them. That was one of the better Leaf defensive teams in years, you know, and they had a great penalty kill. And now we got to trust Freddie Anderson to play better this year, a year older, injuries mounting. That's the big question mark. And Carolina's got a lot of changes on the blue line, and it may take time for everybody to assimilate and get comfortable in chemistry on the back end with so many new faces now on the blue line for Carolina. So I think there's question marks. And then the other option is anti-Ranta for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, who I, to my, if I'm not mistaken, didn't I just see him give up seven goals the other night in a preseason game uh, against the uh, Nashville Predators? I mean, it was it was ugly. It was terrible in that game. And he's a guy, again, injuries. He's had been in and out of the lineup. He's been inconsistent. He's had some great games. He's had some shaky games. So I don't know if Carolina's as good in net. In fact, I'm willing to bet they aren't as good in net this year, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. This is another team, kind of like Montreal we talked about in the Atlantic. I think they've become an over team this year, the Carolina Hurricanes, because up front, you have to like their ability to score goals with Nita Ryder, with Ajo, with Marty Natchez, uh, who really came on strong last year. You Sperry Kutkin, Yemi, they steal him with the offer sheet uh, from the uh, Montreal Canadiens, uh, with Trochik and Tara Vinen and Svechnikov, and Jordan Stahl had an offensive uh, you know, reemergence, I guess you can say, last year. Uh, that team's going to be able to score. They've got, uh, they've got a solid nine forwards in their top three lines, guys, that can score. And, and I think you're going to see that this year. Uh, the blue line's got a lot of change. Maybe they're going to be good in time, but I think it could take time. If you have that many new faces on the blue line, you're not going to have that chemistry immediately. And I don't think their goaltending is as good. So for me, Carolina's a wait and see. I'd probably actually lean toward more bets against them. But more than anything, totals is what I'm aiming at with Carolina over the total in their games. I think they're going to score and they're going to give up more this year. Uh, as well. Alex, your thoughts on the Carolina Hurricanes? Yeah, they're definitely going to be an, an over team for sure. They have a, a abundance of offense. He said some question marks on defense. And, you know, if they're looking for sponsors, they might want to give the sealed air company a call because they're going to need some bubble wrap uh, for those two goaltenders. They have Frederick Anderson and Auntie Ronta, two guys that just cannot stay healthy uh, for the life of them, especially Ronta. I mean, this is a guy who had tremendous upside when he came over originally in the league from Chicago. Uh, and then he went to New York, and he, now he was in Arizona. He could not stay healthy. So we'll see a fortune change for him. With Anderson, I think he's going to have a bit of an emergence or a reemergence because the pressure of being in Toronto is off of him now. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot easier as far as the media goes, obviously dealing with media in Carolina than it will be in, in, in Toronto. And I think that kind of clears his head a little bit, and we'll see him uh, you know, play better. This is a Carolina team. I feel like they back their way in the playoffs. They'll get a wild card spot, but they're going to have to outgun most of the teams uh, you know, night after night to get wins. All right, Jimmy, what do you think, Carolina? Yeah, I didn't get the goaltending thing either, guys. I don't think they got even close to better. They got a lot worse between the pipes, like you said. Cheap, 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 yep, cheap, exactly. cheap, cheap, cheap. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, look, we made an offer sheet. We're not cheap. Whatever. Let's see what you have to do next year when, uh, you know, you got the lights of Trocek and uh, who's that other guy? Uh I'm going to murder his name. Is it Nekis or Nekis? Natchez, yep. Marty Natchez, yep. He's a, he's a free agent coming up, and they've got two other big guys I can't think of off the top of my head. Just horrible, horrible cap management. Because what are you going to tell KK now? You're going to tell me he's going to get less this year because you were just trying to be an immature little brat and, and get revenge for uh, what Montreal did to you two years ago with Ahu? What a joke. Like, I'm, I'm serious, guys. That was straight from the owner. I feel really bad for Don Waddell. His hands are tied there. That team is being run by a, a renegade owner, and they're on they're on the wrong track. They could have been going up instead of down, 
and they just keep hurting themselves. It's like two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back. They're in trouble. I don't, I like, I would bet the over and I would bet against them a lot. Yeah, I mean, I've got these concerns for sure this year with this uh, Carolina uh, team defensively. Goaltending's way more shaky than it was last year, in my opinion. And I think their blue line could be good in time because I like some of the names. Ian Cole, Ethan Bear uh, brought in on this uh, blue line. But Brendan Smith as well for veteran uh, defenseman who's good stay-at-home physical defenseman. But there's just so many new faces on the blue line. You're not going to be clicking, I think, and rolling on all cylinders right away. And then you've got Anderson and Ronta, both question marks in goals. So uh, a definitely consensus that you know they're going to have to score goals if they're going to win games, especially uh, early in the season. Uh, there you go, guys. Atlantic Division, Metropolitan Division. That is your Eastern Conference a betting preview right here on the ice guys, but more than anything, it's just great to be back. It's great to see Alex's face again, Jimmy's face again, and be able to talk to them uh, once again about hockey. Uh, and it's great to have everybody that watches the show live on YouTube and downloads the ice guys podcast on the hockey podcast network uh, joining us as well. We appreciate it. A reminder that we will be back tomorrow on Friday, 2 PM Eastern 11 AM Pacific with the Western conference betting preview show for the upcoming season and then we will begin our daily seven days a week ice guys show format starting next tuesday opening day of the season october 12th we'll be on 2 p.m eastern monday to friday all season long and then we will be on at noon eastern on saturdays and sundays we're going to have special guests galore throughout the course of the year as well former hockey players viewers and listeners of the show you name it uh, we're going to have a bunch of special guests. We've got a little surprise planned for later this month as well that we'll get into more next week. So uh, very, very excited uh, about what's on deck here for uh, the Ice Guys uh, moving forward. And we're great to be back for another season and our first full season in conjunction with and partnered with the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings as well. Make sure you check it out. Promo code THPN. Support the sponsors that support the channel that supports the show. And everybody's happy at the end of the day. For Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Uh, great to be back. And we will see you and talk to you again Friday for the Western Conference season preview show from a betting perspective right here uh, on the Ice Guys. Have a great day. We'll talk Red to you Sox again. Red Sox the White um, Sox. There you go. A little uh, go Red Sox from uh, Jimmy Murphy as they prepare to take on the Tampa Bay Rays. Thanks for watching our season premiere and our Eastern Conference preview. We'll be back on Friday with the Western Conference preview show, courtesy of the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.